Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What is up, Gypsy gang? Back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And I'm pumped to bring this one to you. This is one of the ones that essentially the DMs made happen. Uh, Get a bunch of people sending through guest suggestions and it takes a fair few suggestions for me to take it seriously. Uh, But Luke Fink has been a guy that has been uh, requested and suggested over and over and over. Uh, We reached out and I'm really stoked that we're able to make this one happen. Uh, Man, Luke has had a pretty incredible life from being a professional BMX rider to then transitioning into drifting cars and getting into it like pre-Fast and the Furious days when drifting really was an underground scene uh, to now well running the Archerfield Speedway to now that being in uh, in jeopardy with the council. Um, this was a really great podcast. Luke's an awesome guy. And I would urge everybody to that listens to this podcast to click the link below uh, and sign the online petition to help save Archerfield. Um, the where Luke runs uh, runs the drags and he does an awesome thing in the community uh, and you'll hear his story. It really has helped shape and change a lot of lives. So uh, very important that you click the link and help us uh, make a difference through this podcast. Uh, podcast today is brought to you by the Lords at Boost Mobile. As always, you get the full 4G Telstra network that the only prepaid provider that has that luxury no locking contracts none of that BS that the other phone uh, companies get you with uh, I've literally been on boost for almost the entire time that I've been doing this podcast they've been huge supporters of this show uh, and Australian motorsports in general so if you are in the market for a new phone they do refurb phones if you're in the market for a new service provider they are, in my opinion, the number one place to go to. So boost.com.au. Uh, I definitely have not regretted making the switch. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au. What time is it right now? One thirty-seven. That means you have 23 minutes left to get same-day shipping on your order at mxstore.com.au. By far and away the largest uh, range of parts and accessories in Australia. These guys lead the industry in almost everything they do. Um, they give back to the industry as well. They're a huge supporter of this show and Australian motocross in general. We cannot thank those guys enough for being a part of the show. So, mxstore.com.au. Get amongst it. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Rival Inc. Design Co. 
Com. Uh, these 100%, they're the industry best in Australia when it comes to graphics for your dirt bikes. Uh, they're constantly innovating. They're constantly working on cutting down their times and they're constantly delivering some of the dopest looking dirt bike kits ever. Many of you may have seen Gas Gas made a huge move, massive move, Ronan, this offseason by signing Sam Moore. Huge. And I think, honestly, it's a signing of 2021. But guess what, Sammy? First port of call, rivalinkdesignco.com. Gets in there, gets that Gas Gas looking extra extra racy sammy always runs weird kits actually so um he's kind of like rivals best uh best case scenario um so yeah if you want to be like sammy if you want to be like me if you want to be like little roni here rivalinkdesignco.com uh we're also brought to you by the guys at crick's tweed now this is a car episode and let me tell you if you want a car crick's have cars they got heaps of cars they are the ones that gave me the Triton, and that's a car, and it's a great car. Um, weird ad read for Cricks, this one, Ronan. It's really it's really gone downhill. But I do love the guys at Cricks Tweed. I do love my Triton. Uh, and look, if you're one of these mad dog drifters uh, that runs around uh, around Archerfield, I'm pretty sure that the old Triton would be uh, not a bad way to get your drift rig to the track. So if you are in the market for a new or used car, uh, head to crickstweed.com.au. They got their uh, phone number on the website there. Give them a call, ask for Kyle, and he is going to hook it up. We're also brought to you by Fist Handwear. You can head to fisthandwear.com.au. Pump in the code Gypsy gang uh, and you're going to get 15% off that is going to work at rival ink design co as well make sure you pump in that code for 15% off and that is also going to work at dixonquality.com.au going to get 15% off the best flannels in the game uh, right now summer in oz i'm pretty much exclusively rolling around in their board shorts and uh and like their basketball shorts i guess you call them uh, they make epic stuff dixonquality.com.au uh, as always please subscribe to our youtube channel we've been putting in a lot of effort over there uh, to make the content a little bit smaller a little bit more digestible um, for your viewing pleasure uh, you can follow us on instagram at gypsy tales podcast send me a dm if you got any questions any guest requests uh, and you can head to gypsytales.com if you feel like supporting the show by way of merch. Uh, thank you all very much. This podcast with Luke Fink is awesome, and we have a bunch of bangers on the way. Peace. From the gang, Gypsy. Gang, and they come and get gang. Gang, and they come and get gang. Gang. I'm at a gypsy. Gang. I'm at a gypsy. And it's like. We should be. Are we rolling, Ronan? We'll uh, give these this yeah, yeah. legends a shout out. What's the name of them? What did I just say? Vive. Yeah. Vive. Oh, sweet. So yeah, um, bring this up close to you, like you'll hear the difference. Yep. Yeah, there it is. Yep, um, yep. And then yeah, you go to it goes to you. You don't have to go to it. So. Yep. Yeah. Uh, we're good. Good on everything, Luke Fink, mate. Welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you coming in. Oh, I'm stoked to be down here. What uh, What was the the restaurant you were just shouting out? Uh, not a restaurant. It's a little takeaway store. Takeaway. And it's sort of a, I don't know if it's a hugely known 
Gold Coast sort of thing, but it's called a Vive. Yeah. It's like sort of like a health food chicken shop, but they do the most amazing cold fettuccine. And me and my wife used to live down there on the Gold Coast, and it was like a place we went to all the time. Uh, so, so she's demanded that I bring some back later on. So as long as you're out of here by dinner in time to yeah. go to a vibe. What's the? Do they have an Instagram or something? I want to see. Where, whereabouts are they? Um, They opened up a second store. They literally used to be just down the road. I'm not sure if they're still there. I need to check. Yeah, right. What's it called? Evive. E-V-I-V-E, I guess. Mermaid Waters. There you go. So I think they got two of them now. All right. All right. I'm not... Oh, no. uh, yeah, two. Oh, so yeah, they got Palm go. Beach and Mermaid Waters. Perfect. They'd go to their website. Hot, I want to see. I'm, I'm always... Tip, look, yeah, I was going to say. is the, the cold fettuccine there is yeah, like right. redonkulous. Oh, look at it. Dude, go. Go the salads. Go the salads. Right. That cold... That chicken fettuccine right there. Large, 10 bucks. You can't go wrong. Trust me. It'll take you two servings. Like... Unreal. Yeah. For a big boy. I'm a big boy. You, I'll get two servings out of that, so... And that's the shit, eh? <laughs> that is the shit, I'm telling you. Yeah. I get uh, kind of stale yeah. on the on the restaurants. Like, the um, one of the places that we... Do you like ramen? Yep. Have you been to Go, Goku Ramen? I've heard of it. Oh, Ronan, you got to find that. They got an Instagram. I, I need to shout them out. Yeah. I eat there once a week religiously. Do they, they do like a bacon ramen there? Is that one of those ones? Or do the, do I'm the not por- sure. I do the, the I get the thick, pork. Yeah, so yeah. big thick slice. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, these, these boys are legit. Yeah. Like this is... As, Whereabouts is it? So, you know on the Gold Coast Highway, you know where Wahoos is? Yep. In Burley? Yeah. Literally directly across the highway. Yeah. Ramen Goku. Oh, no. We're back down on the coast tomorrow. I might have to check this out. Go. uh, I think it's G O. Yeah. Is that it there? Either way, you got me wanting some ramen now. Yeah. So that that (laughs) place is awesome. It's a Goku ramen or something. I think it's cool. But yeah, so that that place is legit. But it's hard. Like, you get sucked into just doing the same restaurants. Like, I go pretty much to Wahoo's. I go to Goku Ramen. Um, we got the little chicken shop down the road, little takeaway joint. So yeah, like you got to you got to bust out. Burley's got amazing food, but just not that many spots. So any new recommendations? Do you know what else? While we're talking good food joints, Noodle in Broadbeach. Have you ever heard of that? No. Oh, that okay. is another banger, dude. Yeah, I've been back in Brisbane for too long. Well, not back in Brisbane. I've been in Brisbane for too long. I was a Gold Coast guy. Yeah, but yeah, more so Brisbane now and. Yeah, it's into the city for food up there. Yeah, dude, there's some good food in Brisbane yeah. too. And on the subject of food, if you want ribs, I'll give these guys a shout out because they're sick. Big Roddies. Yeah, right. I'm Where telling you right now, some of the best beef ribs you'll ever have in your freaking life. Have you been to it's the a U- must. Have you been to the US? Yep. So you've done the ribs. On par. Like, yeah, yeah, sick. Dude, okay. they are proper good. They used to have a tiny little shop in Fish Lane. They still have that shop. Yeah. Um, They were sort of like a if you knew about it you knew about it and yeah. now they have like a bigger shop in the city as well which they're always busy as they are sick big roddies yeah right okay yeah, yeah. Listen, listen to a fat man here and I got you yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and if you've been to America yep. and you're still like these are good ribs because oh, that, yeah. that is I mean they invented that shit yeah no I've spent uh, like all up two years of my life at least oh really yeah yeah right How? what's like your longest stint that you did there uh I did I had to hop over the border twice, so I did like nine months. Yes, yeah, sick. So until it got cold. Yeah. Yeah. And then even like, in California it still gets cold, so it was yeah. like, nah, I'm out. Oh I forgot to turn that off, my bad. <laughs> nah, it's all good. What was the um 
So, yeah, give us the background on staying there for nine months. Um, so, I was a professional BMXer before I got into drifting. Oh, really? So, I was competing all around Australia. There we go. Um, and then I got... Uh, ended up winning a bunch of stuff here, BMX games, all that sort of jazz with BMX. Yeah. Freestyle BMX, obviously. Um, and, and like then, park, dirt, like yeah, what? Yeah. yeah, I was literally, I did all. I was going to say, back then it was probably everyone did everything except yeah. for maybe like the vert dudes. Uh, I rode vert as well. Yeah, right. Um, wasn't great on vert, but not a, pe- not a lot of people ride vert. So when yeah. you go to a comp, you're just yeah. like, oh, well, I'll just enter vert anyway. And you still get like a top three because there's only like 10 dudes there. Yeah. So you're just like, Oh, I may as well ride everything. So, yeah, I think when I... My very first event I went to overseas was the Worlds in Portugal. And I won Pro Street, come third in Pro Dirt, and I was fifth in Vert. Sick. The only thing I didn't enter was flat. Yeah, right. I don't have the patience. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. And, yeah, spent five or six years of my life traveling the world with a BMX. But, yeah, a lot of time in the States because, you know, you can sort of... In the States, it's easy to make a living, you know, you can go from comp to comp like comps that you don't even don't even get uh put in magazines or anything like that you can still win money at so you can go like bounce around the states going from comp to comp and you know live pretty well yeah and what was that so you pretty much just did the whole like bike in a box and then just figured it out like gypsy style around for yeah, a few months that's bmx man that's, <laughs> that's bmx you know there was no yeah, it's interesting that I'm like a car guy now because I didn't get my license till I was 22 because yeah, right. I was just like hard out with the BMX and yeah. like I just followed summer. So, you know, you go around the world yeah, where yeah. the comps are, you know, more so in Europe. Like Australia, we're, I guess we're sort of lucky from a point of view if we, you know, don't get like a bad season as such, maybe mm. down in Melbourne, but most other places it's not terrible, Yeah, you know, in winter or anything. So there's not like an off season for Australians, yeah. you know, where everywhere else you know i would say half to even more than half the year it's crappy weather and they don't really do anything yeah you know, they just sort of work make money and then when it gets that summertime it's like party time i think that's yeah. why like europe europe especially like in their summer period it's just such a good time in europe like yeah. it's crazy parties all the time everybody's out everyone's having a good time it's because like eight months a year they're stuck inside yeah so i think they appreciate it more where australians were sort of like any time of the year especially queensland you just go out whenever you want it doesn't matter man euros they have like especially especially if you go to places like spain and and those kind of like greece those kind of like more mediterranean like they have southern italy i spent three months in a row in southern italy on the beach in a place called ravenna yeah (sighs) yeah insane so eh? good so they prioritize leisure yeah. I think that in in our culture, I'd say the America, Australia kind of cultures, I think that people look down on leisure a little bit more like the we value hard work and, you know, just being on the grind. Whereas in Europe, they're kind of like, yeah, siesta, chill, let's just cruise, you yeah. know. I would almost say, you almost kind of say it's like a generational thing because they've you know established themselves i guess yeah and australia being such a young company a uh, country yeah you know it's only a few generations ago that it was like grind your way from nothing yeah. you know what i mean grind 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 yeah to like get where you are and it's it's only like you know your grandpa's far you know your great grandfather yeah. and stuff that were like come here with nothing yeah and they had to grind to get to where they are even if they come from europe they've generally come to australia with nothing yeah um, so true. So maybe some of that coming through, I guess. You know, even my father was like, 
I was a friggin' BMXer. You know, yeah. I, I finished year nine and I'm like, right, I'm out. I ride BMX. This is what I'm going to try and do. Oh man, it, it like killed him. Mm. But then, you know, that moment, even winning all Australian stuff, becoming Australian, like, you know, all that sort of stuff wasn't, didn't really click. And then it was like, won the worlds and he was like, oh, this is, this is pr- pretty good That's, then. Yeah, this, this is, this is, this is yeah. all right. This yeah. is, you can do this. And yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah, I've been doing it for a few years. I can do this. Like, yeah. Um, you know, and then even the progressing from BMX into drifting, I had a few years in between where I like was back to like regular working and stuff like that, sort of chilling out. And I started like 22, got my license, started wrecking my cars, drifting, and he just couldn't understand. Like I was like multiple tires mm-hmm. a week, getting in trouble with police, like, and it was just like, you're ruining your life, ruining your life. And then literally like I got the first opportunity to drive a sponsored car in that and I was actually it was an interesting story because I was actually overseas when I got offered my first professional drive in a drift car but by chance it was my dad going to buy a car and he bought a car from this shop that had a race car and they're the ones that wanted to sponsor me but I I was over in Thailand for three or four months teaching BMX over there Yeah, right. and they just sort of like thought I'd fallen off the face of the earth and this was like back in myspace days realistically mm. 2006 i guess um i think that was myspace wasn't it yeah i reckon i reckon yeah. it would have been around that there because i feel think so old. i feel like i joined instagram in like 2012 yeah or 14 so yeah that probably was like myspace sort of yeah because it was facebook in that in between that yeah period. social social media was still somewhat new a newer thing and especially the guys that own this car place weren't good with social media and my dad came in bought a car off him and they were doing the paperwork and the guy was like is Fink's not a common name and he's like Fink do you, do you know Luke Fink and my old man's like yeah that's my son and, yeah. and then this guy's just like because my dad didn't know it he just knew that I was getting in trouble with the cops and wrecking my cars and all that sort of stuff that's all he saw and I guess he sat down with this guy doing paperwork and the guy was like oh I want your son to drive my race car that's my race car over there like wow. I want your son to drive it my old man called me up on the phone like in Thailand I was like well, he's calling him. It must be something important. Answer it. And he's like, yeah, this guy wants you to drive his race car. Like, what the hell? That's and, uh, sick. So it was a, yeah, it was an interesting thing. And I think at that point, he was like, oh, okay, this is a mm. thing. You can do it, you know. Um, but it's that old school, you know, like yeah. my, my father was very, you know, he literally worked himself to death. He passed away a few years ago. Still, he was working Just the grinding. day before he went in. You yeah. know, he, he had to go in for a quadruple bypass. And the dude was at work the day before. Wow. I was like, come on, man. How old was he? I wasn't old enough. Yeah. yeah, 56. Fuck, that is young, isn't it? Yeah. So, Stre- wait, stress and hard work can kill you. Yeah. 100%. I'll like, have none of that. Yeah, we honestly, man, like we we had a friend um last year pass away, he was 38, he got cancer. And this the fucking nicest guy, super fit, surfed a lot, real healthy, but fucking stress. Yeah. Worked hard, like worked harder than anyone i know and physically just mentally took on a lot always deadlines like and he died real young yeah and it's stress will ruin you absolutely ruin you even now so i'm not sure if you're aware of like what's going on with us and and my drift track because obviously a little bit yeah 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 um and we've you know we're under threat from the council right now and everything's like hectic yeah like my wife's hair's falling out fuck you know she's like She's like a, literally like a cat or a dog at the moment. She's yeah. like losing her hair. Yeah. She, I don't think she's going to... Hopefully, 
not going to have like alopecia i know i know other people that have got alopecia from stress yeah um but yeah it's real like stress yeah. is a serious thing man yeah it was uh it was really heavy to not like to have this situation go down with one of our friends and i think it woke up like some people in our crew like we everyone in our crew works themselves yeah and everyone goes fucking hard and the, the problem too is that when you work real hard you want to play real hard to try and like offset some of that and i mean for for me like i don't really drink like i don't really party at all and my my downtime is like i'll do jujitsu i'll do a lot of stretching a lot of like reading i try and just have the the stuff to like blow off steam be as mellow as possible because i feel like it's real common to when you work super hard you kind of play real hard you feel like you need that yeah that offset of like really blowing off steam but man that's kind of a trap too and i think that that's sort of one of the things that really gets people as well is like the the outlets for when you are working real hard and then you're really burning the candles on yeah. both end and and to see someone like a friend literally die yeah. that young and it's just like fuck it was a reality check yeah we had a similar one with a really good bmx friend of mine he actually bought my second drift car i ever had off me and um he was a guy i was trying to convince him to come up to queensland to come drifting and you know like he was one of my best mates down in melbourne because i'm originally from melbourne and you know just trying to convince him to come out have fun have fun but he's like no i'm working hard i'm trying to buy my house trying to buy my house Mm. he closed on his house moved into his house 23 so he's killing it doing Mm. doing well for himself but had been just sort of non-stop um yeah routine blood test for something else and then got the knock on the door at three o'clock in the morning leukemia Wow. And yeah, he beat it, was in remission, and then got a cold and died. Just <sighs> like I was speaking to him two days before it happened sort of thing. It was like, but he, I was literally preached to him for years before any of it. Like, dude, you need to have fun. Mm. Like, come up here, have fun. Like, because he was from country Victoria. And I'm like, dude, like, have fun. Like, mm. yeah, it's cool. You're making money. Who cares if you got money, if you got, don't have a life? Yeah. He's like, I got plenty of light. You know what I mean? Like I need to get on top of this first and then I'll like enjoy myself. It's like, yeah. oh, you, you oh, see maybe. it, you see yeah. it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. not everyone gets that opportunity and it's really, really ironic. Only just before I drove down here, I shared a post about, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen the thing with a fisherman that goes to like a Island in the middle of nowhere and goes out on a, a is boat. Is it on your Instagram? Uh, I just shared it on my Facebook. Yeah, okay. Try um, to find that, Ronan, if you can. I literally just shared it on my personal Facebook. Yeah, sweet. But it's a really... Um, I sort of see it pop up every now and then. Um, you better click you know, into the Jason one there. Oh, never mind. I don't know. If I'll, try, I'll try and find it quickly yeah, to read it. But it's yeah. like... I always, always find it super interesting not interesting just like just like good perspective absolutely Mm. absolutely here we go there's a a boat was a dock a boat was docked in a tiny fishing village a tourist complimented the local fishermen on the quality of their fish and asked how long it took them to catch them not very long answered the unison i don't know what what does unison mean i'm not sure yeah i don't know why that um Obviously, the rich guy says, uh, why don't you stay out longer and catch more? The fishermen explained that their small catches were sufficient to meet their needs and those of their families. Um, rich guy responds, but what do you do with the rest of your time? Except we sleep, we um, 
fish a little, play with our children, take siestas with our wives. In the evenings, we go into the village to see our friends. We have drinks, play guitar, sing a few songs. We have a full life. The tourist interrupted. I have an MBA from Harvard, and I can tell you, you should start by fishing longer every day. You can then sell the extra fish you catch. With that revenue, you can buy a bigger boat. And after that, with the extra money, the larger boat will bring... You can buy a second one and a third one and so on until you have an entire fleet. Instead of selling your fish to the middleman, you can negotiate directly with processing plants and maybe even open your own plant. You can then leave this little village, move to the city of Los Angeles or New York City. From there, you can direct your huge enterprise. And it goes, how long would that take? Uh, 20, perhaps 25 years, replied the tourist. And after that, after, after, afterwards, well, my friend, that's when it gets really interesting, answered the tourist laughing. When your business gets really big, you can start buying and selling stocks and make millions. Millions, really. And after that, the fisherman said, and after that, you'll be able to retire, live in a tiny village near the coast, sleep late, play with your children, catch a few fish, take a siesta with your wife and spend the evenings drinking and enjoying your friends. With all due respect, sir, but that's exactly what we're doing right now. Yeah. I think it's a really cool thing, like, you know what I mean? Like living within your the dream yeah. yeah like yeah. you don't need all that stuff you know um you know the more things you want mm. you know that's when it becomes you know you need to build revenue to have these sort of things like yeah. your life can be incredibly simple if you want it to be yeah and yeah i love that story you know what i mean it's like you he's got it right the fisherman yeah like I don't know. I think that's a really cool story. Yeah. Well, I think like when you go um, like Thailand, perfect example. Yeah. Like you're there teaching BMX and it's like, there's people that really don't have much of anything, but like you don't see a lot of sadness. You don't, you see poverty and you see kind of, you know, issues that come with that. But in terms of just the person that's in the street, like waving at you when you, you know, walk Falang. by Falang. or whatever. Yeah. Like <laughs> there, there's uh, happy people. And it's obvious, like, I was talking to, um, it's funny, my next door neighbor, young, he's a young dude, like my age, like fucking super, super nice guy. And he's got a pool digging business. And um, so he installs pools. And uh, he's just like, man, I just work so fucking hard. He's like, I got heaps of money now. I'm killing it. He's like, but I just fucking don't do anything else. It's like he wakes up every day at three he's just fucking grinding and i just said to him it was funny i was washing my bike and this is the balance i think that everyone's got to try and find in their life is that balance between like working hard having enough to maintain your lifestyle and then actually getting to like live that lifestyle yeah but i said to him i was like man you can be rich and happy but you can also be rich and sad like the rich thing isn't the thing that like it if the if rich and happy was it you could only be rich and happy then that would probably be something to move towards yeah like let's go in the direction of rich and happy but if you can be rich and sad then moving in the direction of rich is probably not the fucking move yeah and the same way as you can be poor and sad or poor and happy yeah like the thing that is like the island that stands on its own is happy yeah and if that's what you want then you should just only move towards happiness it's not gonna go directly through rich yeah and i think that's probably an interesting thing with that fishing story because i'm Mm. sure in that village there'd be a kid that wants to get out of there and thinks that his life's so terrible Mm. and realize that you know he's got the life yeah i guess and you know in a realistic world what killed me is like with bmx you didn't need any money yeah like you could literally 
you could make a couple grand at some event and you're like good for the next month or so because you're sleeping on people's couches. Yeah. You're like riding or hitchhiking or like, you know what I mean? You, you don't really need for anything. You got your bike, you got your bag, like you're good. Yeah. And we're now getting into motorsport. <laughs> you got to have money. Yeah, you like, got to pay yeah, to play. Yeah, you could, you're definitely got to pay to play. And I, I think, you know, depending on what you want to do, that's you know that's where your life gets more crazy but even with the tr- with the racetrack that we have with Archerfield um when I first took it over they used to do uh drifting go-karting uh motards yeah and all that stuff as well and it was like pretty full-on and I'm not like I won't try and say that I'm like into motorbikes to a point where I know enough and I'm not into yeah. go-karts in enough where I'd know a lot about them and I was like I think I can make a sufficient amount off of drifting yeah running that you know once twice a week I'm like that sounds like a good life to me so um that's how I run it you know I I could you know create more revenue out of the venue yeah but for me I've got two kids a wife you know what I mean like that life side of it and experiences like you just said with your friend really change your aspect you know it's great you know I could probably make double yeah you know what um you know double the revenue i do now out of the track for instance but would it be worth it because then you lose your life yeah. essentially so and it especially use losing your dad so young like, yeah that would have fuck man i could see that being like a real perspective changer well, he for was you. my only parent as well mum my mother took took off when i was four and my sister was two so he was a single father yeah right yeah we had various stepmothers but they're not worth talking about yeah <laughs> you know how these things are yeah um so yeah he was our only you know root system sort of thing so yeah and we lost the grandmother a couple years before that as well and i was always pretty freestyle with my life anyway like i wanted to have fun more than be working yeah but i was also when i did work i would rather like go hard out do like 16 hour days for a couple of months and then just go you just get out of here like go somewhere travel do something with your life you know what i mean like mm. that's not just going to work and back and um you know trying to do what you're meant to do yeah you know well it's funny so you talked about the fact that yeah just packed up and you got the bmx bike and he's kind of doing the gypsy thing on couches like that's literally how i spent my 20s except instead of bmx i was filming yeah so i traveled all around the world filming motocross with literally everybody and i didn't know whether i'd be like it's funny <clears throat> i had this one cool moment where my mum texted me and I was on top of I'd been dropped on a helicopter in Alaska and like I still had fucking phone service up there for um I don't know how but I was on this like mountaintop and I got a bunch of messages through and I just forgot to tell my mum that I was going to Alaska because we were just so busy just job to job to job yeah and I was just standing on this fucking mountain in Alaska phone buzzes and mum's like oh what are you up to like we should catch up on the facetime the savvy and i was like oh i'm actually up in alaska and i sent her this photo and i was just like fuck that's a crazy cool experience to you know i was so busy traveling and doing all this stuff that i didn't even tell my mum that i was gonna be going into into alaska and it was like i really prioritized those experiences over money for so long and it seems like you literally did the exact same thing yeah, and well, just, I, just I never to have a, those awesome experiences well, i never even bothered getting a license because i'm like then i'm gonna have to get a car and it'll cost yeah. money and it was just like i would rather i'll just be in australia for you know summer when the comps and stuff are happening here yeah. and then i'll like straight back overseas and 
yeah it's a cool way to live it's absolutely a cool way to live there is a time limit on it though it's quite hard to get like to a certain degree i mean even for me like starting this podcast like i really have to like buckle down be like okay i gotta get a building we gotta have a good studio we gotta like this has to make x amount of money to like provide a lifestyle where this is like actually an enjoyable thing to do yeah so it's not like you can just do that forever but i think there's something to be said about i don't know like prioritizing the experience side of your life over the money side yeah i think all the ultimate goal is to make money doing what you love yeah you know what i mean um but you can also go too hard in like you said with archerfield you know like you could and i've done that with this like i've worked way too much on this to where like it's not that fun yeah so there's still that balance to be found even if you are doing something you love yeah definitely well i had that with bmx like what ultimately sort of ended the bmx career was i ended up doing some bmx demos and we're in country somewhere in queensland not not too far from Bundaberg Mm. and I literally I just did not want to ride that day I was not feeling it but we had to because it was demos blah blah blah, we're getting paid and I like broke the shit out of my leg like broke the absolute shit out of my leg turns out the people doing the demos for didn't have proper insurance literally legged it literally legged it um turned like turned all that had all their phones turned off didn't answer emails nothing I was stranded up in Bundaberg for like three weeks because I had to wait like a week and a half for swelling to go down to get surgery. Oh, so it was that bad. It was like a crazy thing and it was like, that was not fun. No. That was just not, you know what I mean? Like, that's not why I rode. You know what I mean? I rode to have fun with the boys and you wake up one day and you're not feeling it, don't ride. You know, if you're not feeling it, don't push it, you know. Um, Same goes with drifting and things like that. You know, I've seen, you know, people not feeling it and push it too far and have a big crash mm. bit motorbikes any it, you know if some days you're just not on it and you know you're not on it and it was something with uh you know a very small window of risk reward yeah it's it's tough yeah you know and for what it was like 300 bucks a day doing demos it was like yeah it's upsetting to say the it. least yeah, yeah. yeah and like oh man my, my recovery was like a year yeah so it was uh one of those turning points where you're like i still like i still love bmx i barely ever do it now um because again even with my drifting and it's super fun and all that i was always worried about getting hurt and disappointing yeah because it's a different level with that money situation you're talking about uh if you're going to drive for a team ironically that first team i drove for for our very first like huge national event which we needed to sort of uh get a wild card into um, that's when I broke my leg on my BMX. So we had to uh, can going to that first event and wait until I was healed and everything. And that's sort of what, you know, helped make that decision yeah. a bit easier. Yeah. The fact that, you know, these guys, it wasn't just like a little bit of money, you know, I and mean, these guys had poured really? mega cash into the car to get it ready for the event, entry yeah. fees, flights, team, crew, you know what I mean? Like there's big dollars going to every event. And it was like, I don't want to be in a situation again yeah. where it, a team that I drive for has gone and spent all that money, all that time, and you know, then you end up. Oh, sorry, mate, I just fell for off the bike. Bucks. Yeah, I fell off my bike. Yeah, it doesn't work. So that's um, you know, when I sort of pulled back a lot on the BMX, and you know, the drifting was re- replacing it, I guess. And they're they're similar things. That's why I think a lot of with drifting, a lot of BMX guys go into drifting. Um, they do quite well with it because I wouldn't. I don't know how the mentality and psyche of it works. 
but for some reason BMX guys excel at drifting. Like That's there's bizarre, a lot eh? of BMX guys that get into drifting that kill it. Who's some examples of like mainstream BMX dudes? Uh, mainstream BMX dudes, there's a lot. Uh, you know Kyle Bordock? Oh yeah, so he gets into his drifting a bit. Really? Not enough because he gets he's still too involved yeah, in the BMX, yeah, but yeah. he's come out to the drift track a couple of times Sick. and picks it up immediately. Like yeah. literally I threw him to the keys of my 350Z and he was out there immediately doing a good job. Yeah. Um, right. So yeah, um, even back like way in the day, like Japanese guys I used to look up to and I ended up seeing an interview and then like he's on a set of trails and I see him a dirt jump like styled out and I'm like, what the fuck? Like even the Japanese dudes were like BMX is going into drifting. Like yeah, that's yeah. super rad. So, and a lot of the guys in Australia, like pro drivers, uh, Christian Pickering, it's another Australian pro drifter, um, BMX background, heavy, yeah, wow. heavy BMX background. Um, in the States, a lot of guys, heavy BMX background, uh, BMX or skate, but mostly BMX background. You know, the guys that kill it and have like, so the BMX guys have more of a nun fucks approach to things sort of like oh we've got this big freaking roll cage around us who cares yeah you know what i mean like if we go barrel rolling it's still not going to hurt as much as like casing yeah. front wheel and a vert ramp yeah like who cares yeah sort of thing so um it's your more stylish guys if you talk about formula drift with people people watching if they're into drifting know what formula drift is chelsea denofa um was heavily involved in bmx still likes having a ride you've got your adam lz's you know he's a vlogger now but was a pro bmxer and you know he's he's come a lot across to drifting like a duck to water sort of thing he's killing it so yeah it, it for some reason just works for some reason yeah. just works real well there's yeah. a it's a crazy base for a lot of things i think if you're an action sports kid like if you grow up a bmx rider a skater surfer anything like that man you can just pick shit up like crazy like my housemate really really good surfer and then we um one of my friends had a slack line down at the beach just killed it yeah and and the buddy with the slack line he's a world cup downhill mountain biker and he's like i've never seen anyone do it that good their first go yeah so there's just some, something whether i think that you've got like the mental side of it for taking the slams and then the knowing like the percentage chance of feeling pain like let's say when you're trying to learn a tail whip now the percentage is you need to forget about it yeah you, oh, yeah, they, <laughs> you need to sort of push that to the side because that's what sort of slows you down yeah true. Um, you know i get a lot of guys like i because i enjoy like doing some pretty crazy stuff in the cars like you know 200 plus k an hour like backwards entries and like, there was a viral video that went around where i threw a big entry at real high speed and my my bonnet actually came up and smashed me in the head what and i keep drifting so where's that how do we find it i wouldn't even know uh it definitely got reshared on a bunch of stuff would it be on instagram or youtube uh youtube i could definitely take you to the video yeah the problem is i upload every day so there's too many damn videos do you upload every day pretty much every day yeah that's sick yeah i was gonna get into some youtube stuff with you at some point as well um, um oh, it, bonnet is that it there luke fink bonnet is that oh gonna... that's obviously something someone searched oh there you go there you go and then you'll just have to like skip to it i guess yeah. i don't know <laughs> i just chucked that in at the start because to yeah yeah hey so that's standard um, youtube practice right yeah there. that's it uh Fuck. i wish i knew like exactly is this at yours no nah, this is at uh queensland raceway oh sick oh wait go back a little bit that no dude such a fucking cool sport 
the thing. It's only like a small like thing where it happens. Yeah, go back a little bit. Just got to catch a bit where it's like sticking. You can't see out the freaking windscreen. We'll get it. We'll get it. Yeah. I'm trying to think if my wind... No, because it didn't break my windscreen or anything. This was like, yeah, just a year ago now. I've definitely improved with my camera work since then. <laughs> what, um... How long have you been doing the YouTube channel? Uh, about a year and a half. Yeah, sick. Yeah, so it's only relatively new. God, it's something, like, I wish I was doing, like... You know, even back with the BMX stuff, like, there's so many like stupid crazy stories you know like i got stuck in belarus so really? i had a team that i'd driven for a little bit in the uk this might be it i wonder if this is gonna be it oh dude it's so no, gnarly no, how no, yeah no, no, yeah no. we're it, yeah we'll get he'll find it yeah um but yeah, so I had a team and they were a bit unreliable, but we were sort of sitting in Germany with sort of nothing to do um, at a friend's house. And he had a company car, which was like an Audi A5, yeah. like two-door S5 thing, kind of pretty cool car, but fuel yeah. card and everything. So we could just go like, we'd wake up some mornings, well, we'll just go down to the Nürburgring or whatever. You know, Dude. we'd drive like 500 Ks because you could sit on 250 yeah. Ks an hour comfortably yeah. in that car. And it was completely fine. Oh, there we go. Oh, yeah. sick. Right. So this is a Queensland raceway. Yeah. What car is this in? Uh, this is my 350Z. This is like my missile car. This is my like just... Oh. So the bonnet comes up. Like I was just like, oh, well, it's coming up. I'm just going to stay flat. Fuck. I just completely stay full throttle the entire time, never lifting. Could kind of see a little bit out the bottom of the bonnet there but it was mostly because you're sideways you're just looking out the side yeah you're not really looking out but the then front it was this bit here at the end where i'm like how am i going to put it down i'm like ah 360 Oof. wow and i just kept on going <laughs> dude that's so sick yeah there's so many people like oh that was planned right it's like that fucking hurt that yeah. was not planned because the bonnet comes over it hits you in the head because i'm in a freaking convertible so yeah. here as i get on the power oh. the bonnet goes smack into the top of my head wow yeah and all it was is like, I think it was like two laps before that, I actually ran into the back of my friend a little bit. Yeah. And uh, it must have uncoupled my bonnet. And I sit super low in that car. So I just didn't notice that my bonnet was sort of... Uh, oh, like it, it would have been like vibrating, flapping yeah. a bit. Yeah. Dude, that's so... N Man. <laughs> that is impressive. Yeah. Really funny. Yeah, so the your Norberg ring, you got the... Yeah, so car. I got this car and he invites me out sort of thing. And it was sort of like, okay, like whatever you know belarus minsk like oh well so what's that from here we got to drive up and then once we're in poland i can't get the free fuel anymore oh yeah so i yeah. said to this guy that wanted me to come drive i'm like look like i didn't have a lot of money at the time i'm like look i'm happy to come and do this event just for fun just to go to freaking minsk mm. it'd be cool you know the, the event was literally on an airfield so yeah. i'm like this is rad you know what i mean like they'll literally be there was literally planes flying in and like we'd have to stop drifting so there was no smoke and yeah, like these right. crazy like russian like old school planes with like prop style planes would come in and stuff like it was pretty cool but uh we got through there because it was an audi and it was diesel you know and you're not driving as fast we did the whole length of poland just before the russian border actually i got done speeding um i was doing like 140 k's an hour over the speed limit over <laughs> over the speed limit Fuck. 
Um, and then I was like German How'd plates. That go down? I was in Poland, and this was like 2010 in Poland, so it was very corrupt. Yeah. Um, but we had no cash. We had no cash on us, and I like literally gave him 20 euro, and he was like, "Get out of here." sort of no thing you know shit. what i mean like hoping to find a rich german guy and it's yeah. like sorry man it's an aussie with a rich german guy's car yeah yeah and i haven't got shit for you google bogan yeah <laughs> yeah legit uh, we ain't paying shit exactly right um and then uh yeah we went over the border and everything was cool and we got to this event and the event ended up being kind of fun but the car i was meant to be driving ended up breaking like fourth time out with stuff that I originally told this dude was wrong with the car mm. that he hadn't fixed. It was like a real sort of shitty situation because it could have been like a really, really fun event. Yeah. Um, and then he was meant to be paying for everything while I was there um, as well as like giving us money for fuel to get back and all that sort of stuff. And uh, we did the whole event and everything. And then afterwards, like on the Monday morning, we wake up, the dude's like legged it. He's gone. Fuck. Race car's gone. He's gone. Like they didn't pick up the tab for the hotel or anything. Wow. So we're in Minsk. And like with this what bill, these bill, food bill, all of this sort of stuff. And we're like, you know what? We're out. We just legged it straight oh, out. Of, straight out of like, oh man, it was just like, I wish I was vlogging back then. Cause it's yeah. so much of that stuff would have made fantastic. Like, yeah. you know, vlog material and just in general cruising all over Europe and you know, some of the things we did to get around and all that sort of stuff, like riding in the back of a van or on the trailer in the race car for like multiple countries just kicking back because it was like too stuffy and cramped up in the van so yeah. like well just go in the race car on the trailer sit in the race car harnesses on it's like even if we're in a bad accident we're in the race car with yeah, the roll cage like we'll be pretty safe. good yeah we'll be pretty good so that's awesome yeah, we did that all the way uh got in the back of the car in germany on the race car and we went right through like belgium and everything until france we ended up jumping out before we went on the the ferry across <laughs> like just so much stuff like that you're yeah. like damn like if i hadn't been just scared of trying to edit or trying to learn how to edit yeah I mean, it's such a stupid thing isn't it it's like it's just something i watched people do it it's like they're just doing too much stuff yeah. like doesn't make sense i don't want to try and do it sort of thing and and even in our young years with bmx you know we had a crew and like we were doing back this we did videos yeah. like cassette um we did a thing called um what was it called glasses yeah some reason we called it glasses bmx video and super old school bmx video that that would be something to bring up you'll see me it's it's a luke fink it's just a skinny guy on a bmx what what would you type in (laughs) literally um glasses right luke fink glasses and hopefully it'll come up Do you know Matt Holmes? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah, like from a, 2020. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. I think you do it. He's a real good friend of mine. Yeah, I was front cover on 2020 twice. Really? Yeah, yeah. No shit. Yeah, yeah. shout out to Holmesy. Yeah. Oh, here we go. So Glasses was their second video, actually. So we had another so one So you guys, like, filmed and edited this yeah, yourselves? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, well, I didn't edit it. One yeah. of the boys that was... We had two guys that were part of the crew that would edit and stuff. And this one was around, you know, early 2000s when we went over for the Worlds, because this is in France. I was going to say, where's that? Yeah, France. Just yeah, out of... Just literally like 45 minutes out of paris yeah so yeah damn they're sick yeah definitely so yeah you were kind of on the early content wave but yeah well our video that we did was literally just like australian writers but we were like fairly well known magazine wise and stuff getting stuff in the uk and all that sort of stuff so when our video came out at dvds you know this is when david you didn't get stuff on the internet so it was all dvds yeah 
you know, people would, were buying the DVDs all over the world. So it was yeah. like a pretty freaking cool thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, now this this was probably, I would say, around my peak for BMX. Yeah. Because this is, yeah, this is literally everywhere. Like that's in California. Yeah. Um, What's the name of that place? I don't even know. It was literally just out of LA. Yeah, right. Melbourne people will know that one. That's Knox. Yeah. It's still, still there to that, this day, Knox Park. So. it's so crazy how deep the roots of sports like bmx and skating run eh? oh 100 like now i mean when i was growing up like i'm 32 so you know when i was growing up it was like dave mirror ryan nyquist tony hawk like they were the dudes that were at the top at that time yeah and it's like that was fuck i don't know 20 years ago now when i was a grommy full yeah, frothing on that sort of stuff when and i was st- at the x games and stuff yeah, <laughs> yeah right. so i was good friends with mira no shit yeah, well, yeah so x games in 03 really yeah <laughs> yeah so that but that's like yeah 20 20 years ago yep. and then there's this whole heritage that goes back past that so like nowadays man we're into like 50 and 60 years of of you know this crazy like BMX maybe like you know 40 50 years of like heritage in these sports now you've got your Tony Hawks and your Matt Hoffmans that are still can kill it to this day Mm. how the hell Matt Hoffman can still kill it's beyond me the dude like being injured more times than anybody ever yeah but like the dude's in his 50s still shredding you got a guy do you ever heard of Dennis McCoy no he was like even before Mirror and the dude's in his like mid to mid to late 50s he's just like the fittest dude ever and still kills it on a BMX. Yeah. It's just like, that's ridiculous. Dude, you know what me and, uh, me and my buddy Sammy were talking about um, just the other night we were watching, fuck, what were we watching? Uh, and it's something something come up and, and I said, isn't it funny how like all of the guys that are in like their late 40s now, like the Tony Hawks and the, um, like the Matt Hoffmans and in motocross, there's like guys like Ryan Hughes. There's, everyone no matter what it's like your late 30s you kind of let yourself go a bit and then it's like everyone in like their early 40s and then onwards they all get into the health kick thing yeah because they all realize like fuck you can get away with it for x amount of time in your 30s but then once you hit 40 it's like if you still want to be a dude that's like going to skate parks or surfing good waves or snowboarding and all this sort of shit with because we're the first or that generation now like the Matt Hoffmans and stuff they're yeah. like the first generation that's pretty much gonna hit the cutoff of riding a BMX bike yeah. like Tony Hawk and Matt Hoffman will set the standard of like okay this is when you can't ride anymore because yeah. they'll be like the first 60 year old shredders yeah and they work themselves too like Matt Hoffman's ridiculous man the, the amount of times that guy's had surgeries and breaks and all even now he's yeah. still you know because I follow him on Instagram and you just see like stuff and it's like man like like I love BMX but the idea of getting hurt mm. just you know does you know stop me from riding as much because it's just like that downtime is so depressing yeah but see I feel like they're running from demons that if they don't yeah. do it and not not in a negative sense of like I don't know it's a, you look at guys like Robbie Madison for example but he needs that shit. Yeah. Like he, he doesn't get in a good headspace unless he's doing something gnarly and pushing himself and risking it. There's something that happens with those guys that are like the best in the world at crazy shit. Yeah. Like 
they're kind of just fucking crazy. Yeah. Like, like, there's something going on in there that they need to do that to feel normal because it's not fucking normal what they do. Yeah. Well, to be fair, like, I was lucky where I went straight from BMX to drifting. Yeah. So I haven't not had the outlet, yeah. I guess. So even when I was uh, slowing down with the BMX before I was, like, professional drifting, I was literally out street drifting every night. Yeah. And doing dumb shit. Like, and so, like, what what was your headspace if you couldn't do that? You wouldn't even know what to do with yourself. Yeah. Yeah, like, had to be doing something. And yeah. it's, it's the progression and learning, too. I think yeah. that's where, like, you know, even this, I don't know, for any BMX dudes that are watching, watching it, like, this was 03. Mm. It's still pretty... A lot of the stuff is still relevant. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. think I'm pretty proud of that because we're in 2001. So, it's 18 years ago this stuff was filmed there's a lot of it that's still relevant you know what yeah. i mean um stuff for me personally that i was getting into was a lot of the nose wheelie sort of stuff and a lot of the techie stuff that you know in the last 10 years has got pretty popular which is what i really enjoyed doing back mm. then um i think it's pretty cool you know to have the uh you just want to you can't just do the same thing all the time. Yeah, the, that, that kills progression me. feels good. Yeah, it's the progression that drives more than anything. You know what I mean? Even with drifting, like every time I drive, I'm trying to push myself and uh, I get like a lot of better drivers or the dam- a lot of the time damage I get on my car is from like trying something mm. stupid. But it's not necessarily stupid if it doesn't work. It's like an idea in your yeah. head. You've got to like test it somehow. Yeah. And you're like, okay, this might not work. Yeah. And then they're the ones that will yeah. fuck shit up. You hit the wall or you hit another car and you're like, oh, that didn't work. Okay, yeah. we'll go again. Yeah. Try and make it work or whatever. So, you know, I guess you, I don't know, need to push yourself. Yeah. I don't know if it's obviously some sort of, I guess I don't think about it as a person that's kind of like that, but. Man, I, I can don't know relate. I can relate in a massive way. Like mm. I do jujitsu, and I I do the level of expectation I have on my jujitsu is retarded. Like yeah. it actually doesn't make sense. Like I've won a couple of national titles and shit like that, but like I'm never going to be pro. It's not an outlet that I'll ever do that will be in any way, shape, or form like professional. But I literally this, like this morning I was fucking taking a shit, and I was thinking about uh, there's a guy. Felipe brown belt at our gym Brazilian he's a black belt in judo dude's a fucking beast like legit one of the best guys in Australia for his weight and I'll have to spar with him this afternoon last time I sparred with him was this time last week Friday and he beat me and I'm like I literally was thinking about it on the toilet having a shit this morning and then I just Do you have like kids? nah oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's usually you're like that's, only that's your time. only time yeah, you got yeah. to think yeah. that's like but it's I, a serious place once you've got kids that's yeah, like that I've is your that. only place <laughs> but I sat there and I'm thinking about it and then I just was like and I just literally closed my fucking eyes and watched myself like I knew the exact because it's sort of like it's like chess you know you got like specific openings like I'll do this opening he'll do that defense and then you get into like the mid game and then yeah. the mid games where you start like taking pieces and shit like that yeah so it's like every time we we roll it's i got my opening he's got his opening i know where he's gonna go he knows where i'm gonna go and then we get into like the mid game and I then that's where he beats me. that'd be one of those things where it's like genuinely is like drifting's kind of interesting like that if you get you go into battles and you have your first battle and so you'll have a lead run then you'll have a chase run yeah yeah and then you'll have one more time like if they can't make a decision off that 
yeah and you get a one more time like one more times of the shit so because what you happens know, in that situation well you just rerun from the start so so you get another chance at chasing uh, and in this yeah, time yeah, you're yeah. like right i know, I know what, what you're, you're gonna, gonna do, do. Yeah. like let's get fucking funky here like yeah. i'm gonna fucking wreck you and then in the lead position it's like no way you're catching me this time and like that's when it's literally like checkers or wreckers you know yeah. the, the one more time battles are like sick and if you get into like a second one more time it's like right what the fuck am i gonna do now like, yeah, i'm gonna have really to gonna really yeah. send it and you know we're either going off on the tow truck or i'm gonna win this battle like yeah that's and that's sick and it's you know it's the other guys thinking the same thing so it's like oh man like <laughs> you gotta send it. it's a really cool thing and it brings out the best in you yeah. you know the first time around when you sparred you know you would no doubt would have had a good time second time around you were like all right oh like, yeah. let's let's push it now because i know what you're gonna do you know what i'm gonna do we're gonna have to go up from where we were last time to try yeah. and like fuck each other up so yeah and it's it, a and cool situation yeah it's so cool that you know you can like i spent a week thinking about it and it's like and there's no the other thing is like there's no ego in it like i don't want to beat him for any reason of ego it's purely like that test that he provides is like the ultimate fucking test for me like he just he's one of those guys that it's just so hard for me to deal with yeah but you know i just think it's so cool to be in my early 30s and i can close my fucking eyes on the shitter and like imagine something for minutes and literally go to the point where it's like okay so when he does this if i can't do that this is like this new thing i'm gonna try and do it probably won't work so when that happens i'll go to here and then this is where I fucked up last week. So then I'm like, this is what I'm going to do. And I'm just going over it in my head. And like, it's pointless. There's no real reason. Yeah. You know what I mean? I get nothing at the end of this, but I'm putting so much effort into it's personal it. personal gratification. And, and there's just something to what you said before. There's something in that progression that is just, I don't know. It's, it's wholesome. There's meaning in it. There's something in it. And I think that if you're a person that doesn't have that in your life and it can be fucking anything literally chess like doesn't matter what yeah, it is sewing it can be find, anything you gotta have a thing. That thing you gotta have a thing yeah everyone has to have a thing and there's a lot of people that don't have anything and it's like how yeah. do you just like i it's don't know a huge like problem. you gotta wake up and yeah it's just like you gotta have something that means something and want to do it like that that feeling of I guess even every time you progress and do something that's like successful or you make it happen, something you've like pushed for and all that, every time those little, even the little things that happen, yeah, there's so much gratification in it. And maybe that's what we're sort of feeding off. You know what I mean? That, yeah. that little bit of gratification, you know, that little bit of like almost reassurance, you know what I mean? Like I pulled it off. Like mm. I can do it. I can do it. And um, especially in like, you know, extreme sports and that you can all, you if you're into it and you're trying hard, like you can get that feeling every single day. Yeah, true. You know what I mean? Even in the smallest bit, you know what I mean? With even BMX, like you add like a tiny little extra something in or even do that same trick on a different obstacle that was slightly different and harder. Yeah. That is like, you know, there's still that instant gratification. It's you like diving I mean? into the meta of yeah. the thing that you're in. Like even you know for for me with this studio i'd dive into cameras and like i could do this with this camera and i could use this convert it's just these tiny little you know places where you can direct your attention and there there is something that's like good in that and i imagine with a, a car it's like you could be laying in bed thinking about how you're going to set up your car 
Yeah. How are you going to make your car just that little bit different? I'm going to try this. Fuck, I've never done this before. Like, what if I did that at this time? And it's like, I don't know, that that is such a great way to pass mm. the time because it's going to pass anyway. And even with BMX and like just bringing BMX up again is like, you can even break yourself off on a day where you've made something good happen and still walk out of there like, you know, be at home afterwards, still pumped. Yeah. Because you've done it in the right reasons. Like, yeah. uh, it was funny talking about Maddie Holmes. One of the front covers I had on 2020 was me doing this full pipe thing. Yeah, right. And it was like 40, uh, it was 42 degrees. We should see if we can find that, Ronan. Google Luke Fink 2020 BMX cover. Yeah. That'd be sick. I had two of them, so. Nah, just probably Google. Google images. Um, but yeah, I um, it was super hot day. And I was carving into this full pipe and like we'd pretty much got the shot, but we wanted to like try and get it more. So like, yeah. I'll do it again, do it again. He kept sort of asking and I was like, yeah, it's sick. Like I know I can do it. So oh, there's going to be sick. maybe tough in BMX as well. Yeah. 2020 BMX. Fucking overachiever, mate. Look at all your shit. Oh, there we go. Oh, there you go. So that's second one. That's the full pipe one. Look at so you go, you, Ronan, you So it's right on... That was like right on the edge of this pretty like... That's Hectic um, full pipe. And... What the fink? <laughs> um, so it was... Uh, yeah, ended up falling out the top of that. Um, I kind of washed out coming into it and was like, fuck it, I'll make it. Yeah. I didn't make it. <laughs> I literally like basically dropped out of the top of the full pipe, gashed my whole knee across, like oh. opened up like really big... I wish I probably should have like sent some links or something and put some actual like effort into this. If we ever come again, I'll get some stuff together. Yeah. But there's a video of me like playing with the wound in hospital. Oh. You know, so I ended up getting like 24 stitches and that, but I'm in hospital just like, that was the sickest day ever. That's so like, good. Like that was such a sick day. And then like ended up getting the stitches and everything, had crutches and we're like, all right, let's go to dinner. Like that was a sick day. You didn't even care. Yeah. Like, but like, you just know you got the shot and it was sick and everything and yeah actually the other cover that i got which says euro trash which one that, that, oh, that yeah. one there that was yeah. the other 2020 cover i got i fucking worked myself on that a couple of times too do i finally got it really yeah because it, it doesn't necessarily do it justice but where you land off that grind is like really freaking high and when it was landing i was literally just blowing off the bike like it was just tearing the handlebars out of my hands no like shit. like you know over to the dirt like rubbing my hands in dirt and stuff to try and yeah, like dry my hands grip. really yeah, get yeah. some grip going and yeah it was one of those ones where you pulled it and like you know you're bloody you're bleeding everything's sore but yeah. it was like that was sick that's so good you know it's you don't even care and it's a weird mentality eh? like yes you don't really care like even with old mate like you said you lose or whatever but if you end up learning something out of it or getting at some point you got him in that yeah, hold and you sort sniff. of messed him up yeah. for that little bit it yeah. doesn't matter you you did that yeah so it's and, like you and still when walk you know, away like when you know how hard it is yeah like losing to somebody that good or losing to a trick you know you know what i mean like you get your ass handed to you but it's like dude i'm not even mad at like losing to someone that good or yeah. crashing on a trick that gnarly it's just like even being there to fucking have a crack is is worthwhile oh, absolutely yeah like every time i landed off that and blew off the back of my bike i'm like there's nothing different i can do other than just try and hold on tighter yeah because the landing's just that hard and it was just literally like not a matter of where i put myself over the bike it was just hold the fuck on hold on tighter 
Oh, I blew off the bike again. Just pure like, I'm going to have to hold on yeah. even harder now. There's nothing like, you know, it's borderline like strap your hands yeah, to the handlebars yeah. so you don't blow off the bike, you know. Um, I don't know, man. Those experiences, you will remember them forever. Like that, that one there was old. That's 90s. Yeah, right. Like late 90s. So, yeah, that's goes back a bit the it's cool when you can like when you were talking before about how your dad was even like fucking drifting what's the point and yep. you know you can pursue these things that don't really make sense to anyone else but yourself it's sort of i guess it's hard for old school older people old school yeah i guess it's old school but you know the whole idea of people being able to skate and ride for a living Mm. doesn't and and obscure sports like drifting you know drifting only in the last 20 years has been a thing um so you know the idea that you can make a living off it is crazy to an to an older person they're like you just ride a freaking bike mm. you're just out there having fun all the time what do you mean you make a living and it's like there's guys out there that are the freaking like making m's yeah they're rolling around in whatever the fuck they want yeah. big houses all that because yeah. they ride a skateboard or you know a bmx and you know back then 20 years ago it was unrealistic to think that you could be mm. you know let's say probably more so 30 years ago that you could be a professional extreme sports person it wasn't just wasn't realistic you know mm. even in motorsport there is a lot of people that get paid for it but majority don't mm. you know uh you look at v8 supercars like most of the guys pay for their seat yeah true huh? you know what i mean so or they'll bring sponsors to the team and that's how they sort of get their seat uh f1 there's only a handful of dudes in f1 that are paid the rest mm. are paying for their seat yeah you know so you know motorsports and interest you know it's a that's more fucking of a rich man's crazy game. when you think about it yeah so like you got a dude like ricardo getting yeah. paid millions to be there yeah and then you've got I mean, I'm not sure. I'm not deep in the world to know who's paying for drives. But, like, the is it the kid that drives for Haas that, where his dad's, like, one of the owners? Oh, yeah, or, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, it's like you got a dude like Ricardo getting paid millions and then you got that kid paying millions. Are you yeah. thinking of Lance Stroll? Is it Stroll? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but yeah there's he, a handful of like, you know, in like that. Yeah. Yeah. But crazy the contrast that you can have. Like, you can go from one dude making... Like, Lewis Hamilton. Like, what what did he make in 2020? Oh, can you Google insane. that? It'd be fucking, like, probably 30, 40 million dollars. Yeah. That's like and 50. all of it talking about all the stuff that he gets involved with and stuff as well. And, oh. goes, and he's like... 40 million. 40 million. Yeah, pounds. Great British pounds. pounds. So like 80 million Aussie. Fuck, that's a yeah. lot of money, dude. Yeah. And then you got someone paying to be there yeah. on the same grid. Yeah. That's fucking hectic. And then wondering how they're getting beaten. Yeah. What? Well, well, there you go. Even you got, what is that? Oh, no. Saying Hamilton. 16 million endorsements alone. Wow. Yeah yeah that's fucking hectic but yeah what a crazy disparity like that there's not many other sports where you could have that big of a difference yeah like one dude's making he's plus 40 out of the sport and then there's someone that can be negative millions out of it it's a wild fucking crazy game even though like it's 236 and yeah it's just not fair I don't know why they <laughs> like I wonder if he does live in Monaco though because like all those dudes live in Monaco for the tax breaks. Like, is that where he's meant to be living, is it? I'm not sure, but that's what, I know a lot of the F1 dudes live in Monaco yeah, it for, makes sense. for the tax reasons. Yeah. Could you imagine, like, if you're making that much money, like, just the tax you'd save? 
by living on like you'd be fuck wouldn't you just be a peasant though what's that in monaco monaco nah you can live if, no but i'm saying at 40 million you're like you'd hardly be one of the rich people there oh you probably wouldn't <laughs> be one of the richer people a lot of their boats are probably worth that that are sitting out there yeah that is oh, true look at this peasant hamilton yeah <laughs> that's cute yeah see only 40 million a year get out of here <laughs> yeah true. i've got boats worth that yeah no that is true but yeah i mean you you are um yeah you are right in the the fact that you know you got these people that like just the average everyday dude will like invest in yeah. something like that you know where there's really not that much of a return yeah. and i guess that's sort of why i fell into youtube um i was i brought adam lz over you know he's quite a known youtube guy and i brought him over a few years back and it was his first time in australia brought him out because obviously having the track and running events you know i knew he'd bring a, bring a good crowd so from yeah. business you know it was a business decision but i also enjoyed his videos and being that he was a bmx turned drifter and luckily because of the bmx friends i have and that i actually linked up licked up with him quite easily yeah and he actually remembered me from seeing me in magazines and stuff back no in the day shit. so he was like oh you used to ride like I, I know your name and that and then he like got back to me he's like oh yeah i know exactly who you are and so we got talking really you know and i was good and we were able to get him over to australia and i really sort of analyzed what he was doing you know what i mean i'm very observant with that sort of stuff and we had him i had him stay at my house so i was sort of like watching him edit and mm. just chatting to him and asking him things and then the second time he came over i'm like watching him asking more questions more questions i'm like right that's it i'm gonna get into this shit because you know i a lot of my pro driving has been paid drives in the last you know sort of 10 years um but there's pressure and you know there's a lot of pressure involved in it yeah from a point of view you are driving for a team there's certain things you have to do to keep sponsors happy this and that and you know you, you can't necessarily be yourself in some circumstances mm. to keep a team happy or or whatever it's a very interesting dynamic mm. but my figure is i just enjoy drifting whether it's in a competition or, or having fun just on a practice day i just love drifting mm. so for me if i can start youtubing and turn that into a living or you know just my way of being able to drift then that's a really freaking good idea yeah so that's what i've just tried to do and you know like i know i do enough interesting stuff yeah with, between the track and i have quite a few cars as well and i'm always sort of doing something stupid yeah um you know it sort of made sense to document it and people have been telling me forever to do it but i was always just scared of editing mm. i just yeah after having adam there and I had another mate over who had half an idea of editing and i just had him over editing all my videos for like the first month until i could pick it up and then yeah. sort of ran with it from there and i don't know it's a it's definitely a cool way to do things where you know you can tell even in the last sort of 10 years there's a lot of like pro bmx's um, surfers, skateboarders, all of that sort of stuff that will never do a comp. They don't have yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? They yeah. just do video parts yeah. or, or vlog or whatever, you know what I mean? But they're just like, they've Free got riders. a big enough following from that where they don't need to do any comps. They don't yeah. need to put that pressure on themselves, you know, or in, you know, extreme sports side of things, snap themselves off yeah. on a day they don't feel like it yeah. necessarily because it's at a comp. Yeah. Um, you know, so it's definitely it's it's sick that we can do these things and still get support from like sponsors or you know being youtube you sell merch and things like that to uh to get by you know i guess 
that side it really opens things up yeah and that's definitely something you couldn't do 20 years ago no it no, wasn't 100%. a thing yeah so that is a totally extra dynamic into the whole extreme sport or just life in general isn't it like yeah. you know anything freaking people that make a living from diy videos and anything slime. they don't have to go out and build anyone's house millions of dollars yeah. on slime videos yeah there but, you go yeah there's some crazy all shit. those ones where they crush stuff yeah What's slow that? motion videos yeah and yeah yeah it's fucking what are those dudes in perth what are those ones in perth that just throw stuff off really high things have you heard of them uh how ridiculous yeah, yeah it might be how ridiculous yeah they go up like i think they went to sweden for like a couple of weeks and all they did for two weeks or so <laughs> over there was just drop shit off this dam <laughs> that's so sick and, it, and just film it all like throw a basketball and try and make it into a hoop and then just throwing all random things off to see just see what happens have you ever seen the basketball where like you drop the basketball off like a hoover dam or something like that and like the yeah. spin and it, yeah, just, it goes yeah, out yeah, it just goes yeah. yeah well that's why they were trying to get it into a into hoop the, yeah and right. they apparently they were there for like three or four days before they finally got one in wow um but they dropped like in wa i don't know what the facility's for or whether they built it or something but they like drop a car onto a trampoline like what can we watch but that? it's super but rad like their stuff is like you can't it's one of those things where you watch it and you get stuck in a tangent and you just yeah, watch yeah, you're all there. their videos and they're all just like I wouldn't think that you would have to be any age. Just don't play the sound. Well, I want to see the car on the trampoline. Well, oh, look at that one. See, like, we drop a car on a giant axe. Done. Drop I'm a car on a, on a giant Fuck, axe. Fuck, 3.2 million views. Yeah, I've dude, never heard of these guys. Like, these WA guys are absolutely killing it, man. They would kill it these guys would be making a fortune. They would probably, they would do at least a million a month in merch. I guarantee it. A million going, dollars Going a by month. LZ's numbers, which are a tiny fraction of what these guys are doing. Like, how many subscribers do they have? Go down. It'd have to be right. crazy, wouldn't it? 6.2. Wow, yeah, I've dude. never heard of these guys. Yeah. Holy so you to think fuck. about that, and they're selling merch, like, they would probably do... A mi- they'd have to do, like, a mil a month. That's insane. I want to see... Let's but fast this, forward but to it's the a, end of this. I want to see this shit. But it is nothing. There's no yeah. educational value. There's no, like... Purely entertainment. Progression though. to it. It's just, like, something you watch and you can't help. You know... Yeah, like, like I want to see those, the end of it. Just millions go of those views. So, yeah, you're going to drop a jet ski on it as well. <laughs> Isn't <sighs> the cool... Like, you can't help but watch it, but that guy... These guys... What? Kill it. That is insane. It's literally just to see what happens. They're literally just like little kids just doing dumb shit. Yeah. Fuck, they... That's what's cool about YouTube. You know what I mean? Like, this as a TV program, I guess people wouldn't be as interested, I guess. Yeah. But when you're on the internet and sitting on a computer or sitting behind a screen and you can just turn on whatever you want, whenever you want... Or your mate can just, like, text it to you. Your mate can't text you the TV link, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's gnarly. I I actually didn't know. So these guys, yeah, I wonder who you, the you, biggest YouTube channel in Australia is, because these dude, this is definitely the biggest YouTube channel I've seen in Australia. Yeah, I don't know. That is insane. So numbers, I don't know if dude. they rent that structure or they built it or what. It's a, I haven't looked into it. It'd be interesting dude. with the um, the amount of uh, views on their that video there. You can imagine there's they could quite easily afford to build it oh yeah man yeah that's like if you're getting those kind of numbers man like yeah. that's uh 
yeah, you're you're making some serious cash. Yeah, um, there you go. The car's going up. So what what got you into drifting originally? Like, what was the original push to even get into it? BMX friends. So that was it. Like yeah. just the progression that those just, guys were doing it. Yep. Yeah. BMX friends that started drifting, oh. and I was like, that looks fun. It does look. Have fun. a go. <laughs> and so, did you pick it up like instantly? Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. So BMX was always a str- not how do I say it like I always would get myself broke off you know yeah. and trying to learn something so I was crash 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 it's not crash, really crash. like foam pits it didn't and feel and stuff like that but it wasn't then. it wasn't like natural it was a hard push yeah for everything everything I learned so it wasn't like as natural where I jumped in a drift car and honestly it like immediately that's I was so out drifting. Fuck, and that's then, gotta feel good yeah because it was I'd only been drifting for just over a year when I started driving in that pro- like professionally. Yeah, right. Um, mind you, I was like getting a shitload of practice, um, but it's it was something I immediately felt comfortable with. Everything about it made sense. Like I would look at a set of corners and know. I just know. I don't know how I know. I just knew I had to hit it in that certain way to be able to have enough speed momentum to make it to the next corner. Like it just made sense. Mm. And that, for me, was a big difference between BMX because BMX was a push. BMX was like, well, I'm going to roll these dice and we'll see where we end up. It's just willpower is getting oh, on. On the ground with a big headache. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. <laughs> Try again tomorrow. Yeah. You know, um, for the drifting, you know, even for the career I've had with drifting, I've been extremely lucky with uh, accidents as well. I've, my only real accidents have been stupid ones. I've had two head-ons. Okay. Which is extremely unusual i was in belgium no i wasn't in belgium i was in uh what's the place next to germany but it's just like germany austria uh, austria yeah <laughs> that's what, what's the other germany the, the other germany yeah, yeah. the other where schwarzenegger's from yeah <laughs> um so i was there and i was there and it was a uh, media day and um this all got like there's no pictures of it like i do have a picture somewhere but nothing got put online or anything it was very much yeah, swept hush, hush. yeah because i ended up in hospital um mm. but it was a media day and i was out there to do media stuff because i was like the guest from overseas and um a local guy turned up and just came out onto the track without speaking to people or whatever and the way they had the the layout set up what wasn't the up. usual layout layout and the track had like multiple sort of ways you could go and we ended up hitting head on fuck like fast did the whole you know fast and furious so the cars hit and the back end goes oh, up and they turn no. to the side and land like that yeah so my now wife that was our very first overseas trip and she like saw that like, she was like fuck all this drifting shit yeah no well she likes it herself so oh that's cool but it was uh yeah it was a really bad crash and problem was i was the only one out on track it was just to do some photos so like my seatbelt wasn't done up as tight as it should have. like I had harnesses on but I, would, I was just like just you know chilling, slap the yeah. harness on I'm just doing some stuff for the cameras yeah yeah. I'm, I'm not going to go overboard and you know I guess in hindsight you should always do your helmet uh, do your seatbelt up properly yeah Um, but I was out there on my own there was no you know real danger yeah uh, except for another car coming at me at full speed so Fuck. That, that was like a shitty situation and then what s- injuries did you end up with uh cracked my sternum that is a bad injury yeah fuck that is because that worst, was i think eh? that was from the seatbelt, obviously and like basically yeah. the seatbelt pushed up on my chest and like yeah how long did that take to get over 
Uh, it's one of those things where it just hurts for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I broke and there's nothing you do kid. about it. Yeah, there's nothing you can do about it. You just have to not cough or breathe. Yeah, sneeze, or be alive, dude. I uh, I broke mine when I was fuck up, maybe like 14 playing footy. Yeah, it was like a kickoff tackle, and then I like I tackled this dude, but like I picked up both of his legs, but it was like a I didn't think that his legs were going to come off the ground and then one of the boys hit me from behind so his feet ended up coming out and both of his knees ended up oh. straight and I fell chest onto his knees Yeah, and I, I felt my back crack and everything so then I went off the field and I was like oh fuck my back I oh, fuck my back and then so we didn't get x-rays or nothing like that and I was, I was only yeah like 14 and mum's like righto I'll take you to the chiropractor so I'm like on this fucking chiropractor bench like dude's cracking my back and, oh, then and I, your sternum's cracked yeah my sternum's cracked so I thought I'd put my back out because yeah. the pain was like between my shoulder blades yep. that's like where the pain felt Yeah. and um, so yeah went to the chiropractor and I I was screaming in pain I was like nah we gotta stop I can't do it and then the chiropractor's like man this might not be chiropractic eh so then <laughs> went and got an x-ray and, and yeah did crack the old sternum. crack sternum and yeah. oh yeah it's no fun it was brutal yeah and then you gotta fly back on a plane compression and all that it's good fun yeah yeah 10 out of 10 don't recommend that one yeah definitely not um but then yeah other than that i'd only had sort of small crashes and then i had another half decent crash with a again another head-on but the person i head on with was just turning around where they shouldn't have been and i'd already initiated and was committed and there's nothing you can do about it you just had to wait i was just like oh we're gonna hit oh yeah we're definitely gonna hit oh yeah we're gonna hit bang we hit you know the hit was hard enough where it wrote my car off put my the steering wheel bent i put my fists through the uh like the gauges and stuff and i was fine actually like i wasn't really hurt from that um but it completely wrote my car off um but other than that no real like i was very i've been very lucky through my career for no big injuries even in bmx the only like i broke some fingers and toes but other than that my leg break was the only yeah big, that was the gnarly one. that was the gnarly one yeah so that's why I see guys like Matt Hoffman when we're talking about before, man. The yeah. dude snaps himself off like worse On than I did or just as bad as I did. And just even at that age still gets back on and does it again. It's like... Yeah, ah. but I feel like that probably... So it's I can definitely relate to what you're saying with mm. the BMX to um, drifting thing. Because for me, like I've rode motocross for 30 years. Like, I've spent literally my whole life doing it. And I've just never been that good at it. Yeah. and I'll just try and try and I can try real hard and I can get better but it's just not like I just don't have talent for that mm. but then literally the first day I ever did jiu-jitsu I was like oh I could really, I can do this like this is fucking this is sick and then I can I was just think about how to get better and if I there was like this one-to-one relationship of like effort result effort result <laughs> effort result yeah whereas with motocross it'd be like effort 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 no, I'm still pretty shit. Yeah. And that, to me, like, it, I didn't have the, the drive. Like, I, I wanted to be so good at it, but it, it just wasn't as easy for me to justify the time. And I never really got into it in the same way that now I can get into jiu-jitsu. So you think about, let's say, Matt Hoffman, who's yeah. just fucking still breaking himself off. BMX would come, that like, the talent that he would have to oh, yeah. do BMX. So I feel like that's probably the difference is that it's like what drifting is to you and how easy it comes. And it's not to say that you don't have to work at it, but it's I, I would guess 
that the more work you got in put into drifting, the more that it would give you back. Yeah, as opposed much. to like BMX's that slog. So Matt Hoffman's probably got what you've got with drifting or what I feel with jujitsu. Like you just you put in and you get out, and that feeling is just it's it's very very tangible. Yeah, no, that's true. That is definitely true. But I guess. No, you, you pretty much hit the nail on the head, I guess. Yeah, because I feel like when something's really... When it's something gives back to you, it's yeah. very easy to give back, give to yeah. it. So I that can't you keep say getting... BMX didn't give to me, I guess. No, but... It was just I know, harder. I know it was what you harder. mean, though, yeah. It was harder. But I still love riding motocross. I still yeah. ride every weekend. But it's just, yeah, I find it so difficult. Yeah. And I just wouldn't say I have talent at yeah. all for it. But then, yeah, with the jiu-jitsu stuff, there's... There's Simple, just, easy there's just flow. talent there, you know, like I can, and I don't, not, again, it's not like world best, world beating, what, you know, there's obviously levels to it, but I know what, if I had that same feeling on a motocross bike, fuck, I'd probably still be riding motocross way more, you know? Yeah. That's why it's hard, man. It's like hard with a BMX because something that like I would still love to do. Like yeah. even like I got on the bike not too long ago and did, you know, I filmed it for the vlog and everything, but it's like hard and now I'm like an extra 30 40 kilos on top of what i used to be yeah so it's obviously physically a lot harder which i need to do something about but um health is wealth yeah <laughs> and movement is medicine yeah live by those and you'll be sweet yeah i'll try <laughs> also like a good barbecue and a and few you drinks got, and you got kids yeah yeah i'd blame the kids that's a good idea i blame my kids yeah yep. i mean i feel like they just eat into time i don't have kids so i feel like anytime i feel like even remotely preachy about people like yeah. getting fit or whatever it's like oh, i don't have fucking kids who am i talking mm. about i can do whatever i don't even reckon they take up time eh? i guess your it depends on your personal sort of stance on your kids but we've always me and my wife have always been uh you know the kids can do what we're doing mm. um from a point of you know the the kids need to fit into your lifestyle mm. rather than completely changing your lifestyle to suit the kids yeah um and that's worked for us so far you know our kids are very well traveled yeah um scarlet's done how old are the kids uh my daughter's six and my son's three can they drive yet um boston is a fucking maniac my boy that's awesome like you can't let him go on his own because he will he doesn't what's have, he got there's no fear yeah so i've got him a drift cart so i've built really? up a drift cart so i built so we bought one it's an electric go-kart thing a thousand watts so it's 48 volts so your normal cars are six volt this yeah. is a 48 volt like i could jump in it and literally like drift it down a four-lane road like gutter to gutter what's the tires like on it we put pvc yeah okay yeah, yeah i've driven something like that yeah that's so fun so when it was still electric and my son was a like one yeah my daughter was driving it around without the pvc on um and my son was like I want to get on it. I want to get on it. And she was driving around nice and sedately. I put it on its lowest lower setting, which is still fast. Yeah. But she was like comfortably just cruising around at my track. Yeah. And he was just busting balls, wanting to get on there. We're like, all right, it's only a one seater. Yeah. So I don't know what I thought it was a good idea. So I put him on there next to her, like drive slow. Your brother's on here. He hasn't got a helmet on. Like she's in harnesses. Parenting 101. She's helmet with a harness and everything. And I'm like, just keep doing what you exactly what you were doing. And then she goes around one lap, beautiful. She comes around the second lap, just staring at me, like real happy and stuff, and just gets whiskey throttle. Just oh. goes foot flat. 
and comes flying straight at me and right behind me there's a big ripple strip island thing oh. and she's hit that dead on and I'm like you'd be shit like right there looking at it happen and literally launches into the air like literally hits the thing the car launches like that lands like nosedive as it lands like she can't hold the steering wheel tight enough and it just turns full and flicks sideways and then just goes like rolls like four times first roll he gets spat out wow like I don't know what he hit his head on but he ended up with the biggest lump right there on his head like fuck terrifying the batteries because the batteries were all strapped in like pretty good too the batteries went everywhere like it was a really like proper wreck it was a really like I remember the scene, you know, it was very vivid, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, fuck, like, yeah. this is bad. Fuck. She was fine because the car, like, it had, like, mm. a roll bar and she had the harnesses and helmet. She was fine. But watching your one-year-old get spat, yeah, you know, he was one. Like, he'd walk and run around and everything, so it wasn't yeah. like he was a baby baby, but yeah. he's a baby. Fuck, that's hectic. And, uh, yeah, since then, she hasn't driven it. Oh, really? She won't drive it. Freaked her out. Yeah, makes so sense. She, and, but she was a maniac before that. Yeah. Um, but now him on that same go-kart, I've extended the chassis and put a motor on it, like a petrol motor on it. And yeah. that's why she's scared of it because it's noisy. Oh, uh, yeah. My son, on the other hand, is savage. insane. Like, you have to stay on it. So we've extended the back out and you can sort of stand on the back. That's the only way. Unless you're willing to jump on the back with him. Otherwise, I'm sure he'll kill himself. No it way. It goes like way too fast, even with the slippery tires on. And he only knows flat out. And he sits in it just like, he loves it, but he's a freaking maniac. That's so awesome. We have to pull him back a bit. And now he's just started riding uh, electric motorbike. Yeah. We've got an electric motorbike we for him that was his sister's. Um, no, it was only a cheaper one, but... I don't know, it's like 8 volt or something. It's nothing yeah, epic. strong enough to do like a wheelie or anything. Yeah. But he's three and he's like... Yeah. Like you got a little steep little curb like that. Like he'll come in wide open and just like poof, up it. And it's got no front suspension. It's only got a tiny bit of rear suspension. He's just getting bucked and he's stacking it and he what just doesn't know half. He only knows full. Like you see him go down the street and you literally see him just like... Like this, like just... just it's like, to twist dude... It. And he keeps looking down. It's like, man, watch where you're going. Please watch where you're going. I'm lucky we live in like a really quiet, awesome street. No one like... Yeah. Everyone knows. They're super... Like we have a crazy community where I live and everyone's always out on the street. That's it. So anybody that drives knows you slow down, you know, right down because the kids are everywhere. Yeah. Um, He's still terrifying. What a legend. Uh, Yeah. I couldn't imagine. Is Is there any kids that have grown up with like... Because, you know, you get every every sport has like, oh, yeah, this kid, he grew up skateboarding, his dad owned a skate park, and now he's one of the best in the world. It just becomes like, yeah, standard. Uh, is there any kids that have, like, grown up at a drift facility? Because it's still a young sport. Um, there's, You know what it is? You know what it is now? Kids get on um, sims. I was actually going to ask you that, yeah. dude. I have a sim, they get and straight I was off, like... They get straight off sim. Because har- it's harder on a sim. I was going to ask you if I could practice on the Absolutely. on the sim. What car should I get? Because I got iRacing. Yeah, I don't think it matters. Just certain... I don't know what iRacing's like for drifting. Most people use Assetto. Ah, Assetto yeah, Corsa. Yeah, Assetto Corsa or um, a game that's not as... Slow. I don't do it myself. Like, actually, to be fair, when my leg was broken, I used to play a lot of Live for Speed. Yeah. And even to this day, Live for Speed um, physics are the best physics I've for ever... For drifting? Just full Is it stop. a sim? 
Yeah, it's a sim, yeah. Okay. Um, but it's the best physics I've ever used, but the graphics and stuff are kind of shitty on it. Like, yeah. I, I don't know what it looks like these days. It's been so long. Can you type that on YouTube, Ron? What's it? Live speed. Live for speed. And then just like a sim drifting maybe in yeah. YouTube or whatever. Yeah, see online game. So, but it was... um. Yeah, because I, I was going to ask, I was like, man, it'd be sick because I've never drifted at all. Yeah. I always found it like it was... Oh, yeah, go to that. You yeah, know, that bottom one there, that uh, tandem drifting layout one. I don't know. This this game was always one where like the graphics and stuff aren't as good. Yeah, but you you get so much feedback. But the physics through the, were unreal. Like yeah. they were just super good physics and stuff where it didn't really matter that you didn't you couldn't get like brand name cars or anything. The cars yeah. just sort of look a bit like you know the cool cars. Yeah like the car there it sort of looks kind of like a Starion 180SX yeah, older Supra yeah, sort yeah. of thing you know yeah, yeah and it's that's not what a it is. real car but you even see the way the hand motions and stuff it's you know what I mean it's not going crazy like you see a lot of people on um, Sims you know what I mean they're having to do a shitload of a like lot of stuff work. for the work yeah. yeah like this game is very much more like real life you're not having to fight the car as much a lot okay. of it's like footwork and you know, and that's a tighter course. Is obviously yeah. they're on like just a tight little course where, you know, potentially you'd be fighting the steering wheel in other sims. Yeah. So it's probably the best, in my opinion, sim wise. Um, and so and there's it's guys mo- more relates to exactly what you'd experience car, yeah. in real life yeah. without the g forces. But then, like a seto, you've got to do everything like preemptive in a seto that I've found. So in that game, you've got to be super fast on your actions. Yeah. Even way more so than real life. Mm. And that as a real life drifter doing it, it's really hard to like adjust. Mm. But then the other way around, like them coming into real drifting, it obviously helps massively because you're seeing a lot of guys, especially kids coming from, um, you know, this stuff straight into, uh, you know, jumping straight in a car and killing it. No shit. Yeah. That's awesome. Yes, because I got the, um, I got like the handbrake and everything. I actually haven't set up yeah. the handbrake. When COVID happened, I like got a sim and I haven't spent literally any time in it at all. Yeah. But um, I got one as well and then I just didn't set it up. Like I got it. Yeah. It was like the seat, the steering wheel, the handbrake, everything was there and I just never connected it. Well, you got Archerfield. And I got rid of it. Yeah, you got your own, you yeah. got your own shit. That, that's really interesting that, that kids are um, uh, doing that. Just literally now. straight off sims. and then so they can just get straight into a car and, and rip pretty much yeah wow that's just the cost in and you know what's hilarious about this sim stuff too because i know a lot of like other pro drivers that spend a lot of time sim drifting and stuff as well but it's like i look at the price of a sim they're like for a sick sim setup that's yeah. super realistic it's like three or four grand i'm like fuck that like that's like tires but that's like one weekend of drifting yeah (laughs) like some you know just say like a fun drifting event like a a Matsuri which is coming in a couple of weeks Queensland Raceway like that's realistically a three four grand weekend for me yeah so where I could buy a sim for that much and have yeah years of fun yeah but it still doesn't for me it doesn't compute because I enjoy you know it's still never going to be as good as or you know give you anywhere near exactly the same feeling you have actually being in the car like actually running into your friends is more fun than just running into them on a sim yeah 100 <laughs> percent. well that's super cool though that you actually can get good at it because Absolutely. man that was one thing i was like fuck i'd love to try that i've never really drifted 
at all. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if the sim would work and I could actually practice in the sim. No, definitely. Yeah, there's a couple, there's a handful of drivers now. There's a guy, a kid called Connor Shanahan. Uh, Has he got a YouTube Ireland. channel or something? Yeah, he's now sponsored by Red Bull for drifting wow. and stuff. But he literally started, like what's, he was like name? 12, Connor Shanahan. Connor Shanahan. Yeah. Yeah, it's my the name Dublin. is Connor and welcome to my YouTube channel. Today I'm gonna be drifting me Mazda. Yeah, so oh yeah, he was on Top Gear when he was like Really? That would probably be the more interesting one f- to see because Oh, that's their v- the him and his brother do a vlog. Damn, their cars um, are sick too. Yeah. Um Type in Top Gear. There you go, look, nine year old Connor oh, Shannon drifting. Go. Dude, nine. Wow. Nine. So he's just so this is nine years this is like probably straight off a sim into into the car and drifting like I was competing with this kid in Ireland when he was 14 no was like way killing. yeah like in a pro competition dude that w- this is like one of the reasons I was stoked to get you on here because I love when there's these little industries that not little but there's these industries and they've got these people in it yeah and like you're one of these people well, it's so cool how people can carve their own niche in whatever it is that and they're still doing. Be, yeah and still be like fully six like there's enough to go there's enough of all kinds of things for everyone yeah you know but his parents so they're so there's they're two brothers that his brother's um obviously older than he is what a little legend like nine years old man my sister my, my sister my daughter's six yeah. i couldn't well i guess i could m- imagine my daughter yeah, doing that maybe. in three years soon as she can reach the pedals whether she likes it or not but they're both their parents so they've come up in a motorsport family so both their mum and their dad if anything the mum is the better driver really and just hanging out with them the mum's a much better drinker as well (laughs) um but uh like look at him go they spun out that time but you know he um he grew up going to racetracks all the time and even though they did like a different kind of motorsport this is what they got into and you yeah. know the the two brothers kill it you know so yeah being able to learn on a sim and then just literally just jump into a car and do it yeah. it's wild you know but one of the biggest things with drifting is that first time yeah because there's no cheap way to do it yeah you know even most you know we used to offer a rental car but everyone always thinks that it's like oh that's super expensive because to rent a car for a drift event we'd charge like say four hundred dollars people are like oh that's like way too expensive i can go buy a car for a thousand bucks rah, rah, and it's like yeah but yeah, then but you gotta rent a then you gotta rent a trailer yeah car fuel like a four hundred dollar drift day is a cheap drift day yeah well, you ask anybody yeah. that knows drifting like if you can go drifting for on the piss that's that's cheap yeah so you know but when you're getting into it especially if all you've done is play sims four hundred dollars like that's ridiculous mm. that's cheap and then once you get start getting into it properly four hundred dollars is a pair of tires and a pair of tires disappears in two laps yeah really yeah when you're using like semi-slicks and stuff so yeah yeah not to mention the cost of the vehicle itself getting there te- yeah. at that point you need a team and all that sort of stuff so it does get expensive but drifting is still one of the cheapest motorsports you can get into i was gonna say it's yeah. still re- in relative terms it's actually an entry yeah. level sport yeah even even at a pro level it's very cheap compared to you know most other mo- you know motorsports you, yeah. you just can't you know you can in australia wise you can definitely do it you know 
still on a pro level cheaply yeah um in the states it's still cheap as far as motorsport goes you know i yeah. guess their well, cars are super cheap over there uh no car prices don't have a lot to do with it it's just more the uh i guess you know i guess a pro level car you're still looking at between 100 150 oh, yeah, grand sort of level, thing yeah, yeah. like we're yeah. here and there yeah um for the most part our cars are cheaper here yeah right. so our jap car prices and all that have skyrocketed recently well, they, america's gnarly with the imports yeah. because they call them gray imports over there well they're it's gray like, imports here oh really yeah oh so if you get like so s15s for instance you get like the gray import which was the car the s15s that came out in 99 yeah and then you have the australian delivered which were after the 2000 and oh. 2001 i thought that was only in america they had a real like there's uh there's the same they essentially uh similar rule to what we used to have essentially there were certain cars you can only import after 20 25 years oh. if they're similar basically our market was they protected our market by not allowing cars to be imported that are the same as ours that we uh, already have. Yeah, okay. So if there's a four-door turbo saloon from Toyota, then they won't let you bring over a Japanese anything like that mm-hmm. uh, from Toyota. So yeah. you, um, that's where they sort of got you, I guess. Yeah, right. And in America, they were protecting their local market by 25-year rule. You know, yeah. if you wanted to buy a turbocharged sports car, go buy a chevy whatever or a local mitsubishi whatever yeah yeah so yeah and so when you what (coughs) was your what was your first car that you got into drifting with and then when you pretty much got into it was it just like okay i got my car fucking we're we're on here boys no so when i very first got it i got my license my first car was a vl wagon and i was just put my bikes in it throw more bikes in it we can we can now drive to places yeah and especially being in australia um skate parks wise like canberra was sick canberra had multiple big parks western um tagaranong bunch of like really sick concrete parks and the rest of australia didn't um so canberra trips were you know multiple times a year um so the idea of getting a car and jump in it being a wagon throw the bikes in um yeah and that was I sort of skidded that in dirt a little bit a couple times and then I ended up selling that and getting a VL Calais which god I wish I could have that car back they're worth so much money now no um, but a Series 2 Calais and then I ended up turboing it and that's when I started drifting yeah um, and I would go out with my mates in their 180SX's and stuff yeah. and I'd be in my VL Calais just trying to do what they were doing and um, the only reason I ended up stopped stopped using the Calais was automatic and didn't have a handbrake and the only way to drift it you had to go quite fast Mm. and all my mates with their manual Japanese cars were using handbrake and they were quite a bit slower but more controlled where I was like fucking send it yeah Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Um, and Calais used to be cheap so you know I wasn't really didn't care too much about the car even though it was by far the most expensive thing I owned it was like five grand so you know i guess i ended up getting a japanese car and getting into it properly only a few months after that and yeah i would 
I didn't really, yeah, I didn't get a car with the intention to drift. You know, mm. it just happened. You know, I was at the skate park. My mates were there. You know, it was actually particularly one mate uh, called Tank in particular. He uh, he was really short but stocky and ended up with the nickname Tank. Yeah. But he had a 180SX and he brought it down the skate park and it was sort of like, what is this thing? This is sick. You yeah. know what I mean? And then left the skate park, like drifted out of there. Like, that's, that's fucking sick. Like, as... I liked motorsport. Like my dad was, uh, you know, always watch V8 supercars. Yeah. And as a kid, I even went to like the, the Thunderdome in Melbourne, like yeah. back when they used to do like NASCAR and stuff there. Um, so, you know, we, and we used to go to the drags and all kinds of things like that, but that was just regular motorsport. It, I liked it and it was cool, but Drifting it wasn't, had it didn't have that edge. Counterculture yeah, sort of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's do whatever you fucking want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Enough. And then especially the street aspect of it as well um, at the time was just like, cool. Yeah. So that, you know, that's what got me hooked on it, I guess. Was this before Fast and the Furious came out? Yeah. Yeah. So what was it like when that movie came out? Chaos. Really? I actually remember when that came out and me and a bunch of our drift friends went to Because you would have been in the scene at this heavy, point. Heavy, heavy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if anyone's watching from Melbourne, you would have heard of like the West Meets in Melbourne, which we're like, it still runs to this day, not as frequent, um, but they used to run weekly um, and it was street drifting. I, I started them like way really? back. And uh, they are a thing where, yeah, we were doing the Fast and Furious style stuff stuff every week yeah. you know what i mean like that was out what's what we were doing yeah you know going to a spot getting chased out by the cops yeah. going to the next spot getting chased out of there going to the next spot like every like every thursday or wednesday night we used to swap the nights to try and trick yeah. you know the cops every now and then but they knew everywhere we went but it was just it was pre-hoon law it yeah, wasn't hoon laws. yeah yeah um there wasn't any of that stuff like you got caught and they were like you're doing burnouts and you'd like argue with a cop you're like i'm not doing a freaking burnout bro i'm drifting yeah yeah like, it takes way more skill <laughs> like <laughs> you don't so even good. know like that's awesome and you know you'd get in trouble because you didn't have a license or no rego or something. yeah yeah worthy <laughs> car yeah, yeah yeah so you just get that sort of stuff there was never like a big consequence to it like cars getting crushed or any of that sort of stuff and there wasn't we couldn't go on the track no yeah. tracks would allow drifting because they just didn't it know really what it was. Yet, though, no, yeah. they didn't know what it was. Yeah. It was just like you were just skidding around. It wasn't a sport as such. Mm. You know, it was a sport in other places, but not in Australia. Yeah, you couldn't get on the track. So, you know, that's why I was out on the street because you couldn't you couldn't go to the track because yeah, it's the no only opportunity go, yeah. you had. Um, where, like, in Queensland especially, like, you'd kind of be mad to do it on the street with all the hoon laws, crushing laws, all of that sort of stuff. And then... You know, up here we've got Queensland Raceway, Archie, you've got skid pans and all that sort of stuff. It's like there's no need to even have, you know, yeah. to, to go on anywhere on the road. You know, even if out in the middle of nowhere, why? You can wait a few days and go to Archie, mm. go to my track. Um, like tonight, Queensland Raceways, there's drifting on at Queensland Raceway tonight. There was drifting at my track last night. That's sick. There was drifting at my track on Tuesday. We're going then, drifting, Raiden. <laughs> We're going drifting, bro. And then there's drifting on Sunday at my track. Yeah. You know what I mean? So uh, you did an interview with Candy recently. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. So Troy, yeah. Troy's heading out tonight. I had lunch with Troy before I came here. Oh, sick. Um, But, you know, Troy's going out to Friday Night Drift. And, yeah. you know, he, all he did was do shit on the street and get himself in a lot of trouble yeah. back in Melbourne. Yeah. Because there's, there's just not... There's nowhere else to go. There isn't track... Even now in Melbourne, there's not very few opportunities to get out and do it legally. 
uh, like extremely few opportunities. Uh, we're up here. It's ridiculous. Mm. Like, and this is, this is just drifting. You know what I mean? Like this week you could have came up to Queensland and done Tuesday night drifting at Archie, Thursday night drifting at Archie, Friday night drifting at Queensland Raceway, and then uh, Sunday all day at Archfield as well. That's so sick. And that's not including they have like skid control, do like wet skid pan events and things like that. It's just sliding a car around. And then on top of that, you've got, you know, all your, your circuit days, which they're running at Queensland Raceway, like uh, time attack. And then the drag strip has test and tune every week. Like there's an insane amount of like motorsport mm. going on up here. So there's no need to go and be a dickhead on the street, really. Yeah. Like people still do. You're never going to stop it completely, but. You there's have, like a there's an outlet yeah, now massive outlet for it yeah. massive outlet for it and that's one of the reasons i actually moved to Bri- to queensland yeah right. originally so i was i moved been up here 12 years now so a big chunk of the reason for moving up here was yeah getting in trouble on the street and stuff in melbourne yeah well i mean it's pretty much why troy moved yeah it's so cool he's one of the coolest dudes that i've met he's such a nice and rad dude and it's really cool to see the way that he he's got a really unique way of bringing people together and i think it's so cool to see how he's gone into like yeah the drift days with you guys and like he's really seems like he's really um helping the scene up here as well like from my outside perspective yeah well he's got a different demographic at the end of the day um it's really interesting it's it is such a like interesting thing to watch isn't it with, yeah. with troy like the demographic because he's got all kind you know like there's a lot of like wealthy people that love what he's doing but then like the bogans absolutely love it as well you yeah. know like um yeah he does so well for himself and behind the scenes he's absolute champion bloke as well yeah, you know he'll do is. anything for you so yeah. um yeah i appreciate meeting him as well um and you know doing business with him is fantastic good bloke like you said and and behind the scenes even yeah. a nicer bloke and yeah. a lot of the time seen in the wrong light like 100% loves man. it but you know that thing that happened a couple of weeks back yeah there was down some in melbourne, shit in like, melbourne right yeah but people like blaming him for it yeah. he just he just organized the meet yeah you know he didn't organize for people to start throwing rocks at police cars well the problem like, that stuff's crazy the problem is man with that is um like there's people that obviously want an outlet yeah and then they don't have it. And then you're the police, the f- literally the fun police. And then when there's nowhere else to go, pe- that's when people get the shits. Because like what you just said, if the cops are here and you're fucking around in Queensland, they're like, dude, go to fucking Archerfield. It's right yeah. there. Well, Whereas in Melbourne... With, with that said, they've a couple times in the last sort of 12, 24 months, a couple times they've not hassled us at Archie, but they've sat outside of Queensland Raceway yeah right like defecting cars and stuff which again is a tough one because it's like at the end of the day like there's enough track events up here where you you can just have a track car yeah you know you probably don't need to have a you know a a street driven car with a lock diff and everything else but not everyone can afford to have multiple cars cars and a trailer or even the room you know there's one thing being able to own it all but then you might have a unit yeah exactly you live in a townhouse anything like that like where are you keeping that trailer and race car then you need a higher a space to have that and you know it's not logical for a lot of people but um you know i i still think it's wrong of them i think if people were leaving the venue and they're obviously doing a burnout trying to do or the doing right something thing stupid by yeah. going there yeah and paying the money yeah and being on the track yeah you know what i mean and like 
by all means, if they're driving out of there with like wire or the exhaust is dragging or something like blatantly bad. Yeah. Not just like, oh, your car's a bit low mm. or your, your windows are tinted too dark, which they were getting like really uh, anal Yeah. Um, with people. It was actually the last Drift Matsuri. So my car, I took four cars out there, but um, one of them is still street registered, but it's very much like a track car. And if they did get their hands on it, they would have That'd a field day. Yeah, it's it, yeah. full roll caged and, um, you know, the throttle stick out the bonnet and things like that. So we like taped up my number plates and stuff and towed it out past there. But then yeah. apparently they were even, uh, you know, getting people for defective trailers and all kinds of things. So at that side of it is sucky because it's yeah. like these guys are at all that point it's just fucking trying revenue to do raising. Yeah, yeah, that they're trying like these guys are trying to do the right thing. Like even defecting cars when they're on trailers, it's like man, that's rough. Yeah, that's so if you up. that's why I tape my plates because obviously if they saw the plates on the car, then you're technically still even if it's on the trailer, you're on the road, mm. so they can still defect it. So they were still doing cars on the trailer and defecting it, which was. Is there shit. like a is there like a communication line that you guys have with the police? Well, with or is my it pretty random. With my track personally, we have a really good relationship um, with the police. Like a lot of people, because you can't really unload your race car inside our venue; it's not big enough. Mm. Um, so yeah, people unload out the front, and I've been running the place personally for four years, and it's been running for another eleven before I took it over. And in my time, definitely we haven't ever had an issue with police like hassling anybody and we literally are unloading race cars and driving them like two 300 meters down the road to drive into the drift bar yeah like yeah. with tires and stuff stacked on them and you know they'll be just like you know thumbs up because they know they're coming to do the right thing yeah. and then we're also like super 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 anal on people and we'll like straight flame people if they're being idiots out the front of the venue yeah so if somebody's come even to spectate and they get a bit happy on the way out and do a skid or something and we catch them and grab their plates like we'll either tell the cops like call us dogs if you want to but at the end of the day if you've had the opportunity yeah. it's 80 bucks to come Do and drift on my track yeah. yeah it's 80 bucks bro if you can't yeah, afford yeah. the 80 bucks yeah. like you probably shouldn't have a car yeah um you know you could have done it in here like every like literally 99.9 percent of the people in here think you're a dickhead for doing it out the front mm. you should have come in so you you're getting flames not often we'll get hold of the cops it's only if we get hold of them and then they're dickheads about it and then we're like well fuck you Mm. you know and that's only happened a very handful of times and they probably only get a slap on the wrist or a notice or something anyway but it's like but it's still the message that you want to send yeah. at the end of the day they're literally shitting on our face by doing it yeah you know what I mean like we're, we've got this legal venue for you to go and do it well, why would you do it just down the street like mm. it's so idiotic yeah. Um, so yeah we're, we are very very strict and I think you know the police are aware of that yeah. you know so we try and keep a tight ship going you know there's always people that are going to be idiots but we keep as tight a ship as we possibly can yeah. with the uh, track itself. So our relationship is fantastic with them. We very, very rarely even hear of that's awesome any police issues outside of our park. I know that uh, we had a huge event, which we thought was going to be our last one, and there was a cop that literally got s- pulled someone over, but he was being a dickhead. The yeah. guy was flying around the corner, and the cop was sitting there and, and done him, and it was yeah. like, well, don't be Makes a dickhead. Sense, yeah. But everybody else with their low slammed cars and things like that drove out with no issue. It was just this guy was flying. Mm. So, you know, it was um 
it's good. It's good to have the positive relationship with them and them being like supportive of it. You know, they come down and hang out at the gate and watch and you get some guys like freak out. They're like, oh, I need to cover my plates because they'll see my... I'm like, dude, you're fine. Or they'll come to the like to the front because they want to leave and they'll be the, the cops will be out there and they'll be like, oh, fuck, oh, like, oh, fuck, I'm, I'm reverse back in. I'm like, dude, they have no issue with you going out and loading your car. Yeah. Like not an issue in the world. If you drive out of here and you're a dickhead, then, then yeah. Yeah. yeah, of course. I'm like, you drive out of here normally, turn around, load your car on your trailer. We're Gucci. Dude, perfect. Like, how can they be, you know what I mean? It's unrealistic for them to be a dick about that. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we've 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 had a really good relationship with them and, you know, we push it, you know, like, come to the track. There's no excuse, really, to go stupid on the street. Yeah. yeah. It's really cool, man. It's such a good message. And, I mean, even on the podcast that I did with Troy, like, obviously, he's had a bunch of run-ins with the cops and you know he's probably been targeted pretty heavily at times that is not fair but at the end of the day like i sort of said in the in the podcast like we fucking need cops yeah like at the, at the end of the day when it's all like baseline yeah. someone breaks in your fucking 100%. house kidnaps your kid you call them the cops but and I think, it's like i think that's the problem with it is them you know i guess it's the more the ridiculous yeah. use of yeah. and, and waste of time yes um with this stuff you know what i mean it it would be far cheaper like because i'm having these hassles now with the council trying to like close us down over a like a land usage thing yeah so let's get into the let's get into that because that was one of the things that i wanted to have you bring some awareness to yeah is the problems that you guys are having so what like lay out the whole thing uh actually i'm gonna piss before we do that (laughs) because i actually i really want because there's a lot of people that listen yeah and i'd really it'd be cool like if there's anything that listeners can do or any awareness that we can bring yeah i'd absolutely love to try and help with that but i'll piss real quick (laughs) (laughs) and then we'll get and then we'll go in on that my, my ears chill Squishy ears. Squishy ears. Yo. I'm just uh, on the Gold Coast doing a podcast. Yes. Uh, I'll be back at about 5.36. I'm picking up food on the way back. Tiana knows you're coming over. Yeah. Uh, she should be. Give her a tingle, but she knows you're coming over. Yes. I'm Raptor. Ah. Maybe give her a call. She won't be far away, because what time is it? It's four. Yeah, no, she won't be far away. Yeah. She just sent me... <laughs> Tiana's like gave me a list of things she wants to revive and she's like, why are you there? Can you tell them to open up a Brisbane store? <laughs> um, it's a place down here on the Gold Coast is really yum. Yeah. So I'm bringing some of that back for us to have for dinner. All of us, including you. Thank you, sir. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just give her a call and see where she's at. I can't see her being any, unless she might've just gone to get Boston being four o'clock so she's probably going to get bossy um yeah all right sweet is all right see you mate 
on them stops, mate. Just making it, calls. It does not. Uh, I got that guy's come. I got a mate coming over to. Um, I don't know if you want a Red Bull, but I wouldn't mind a drink. That would be good. Thank you. No, mate's just calling. He's uh, coming over tonight to do some stuff on one of my cars. Oh, nice. Um, yeah. So the. The track, yes, and the issues that you're having. So what's what's the give me the give All me right. the rundown. So the rundown is we drifting has been happening at Arch for 15 years. Yeah. Um. As well, so there was go. It was mainly a go kart track, and then I guess they started doing drifting. And this was still, you know, I moved up from Melbourne in 2010. Yeah. Um. I moved up and pretty much immediately got involved in the venue. Um. The guys that were running it, because I was a pro drifter at the time, they would let me drive for free because it was like a guest sort of thing. Um, and then I got involved in helping them run the events. And they sort of went through various organizers, but it was always the same owner at the track. Mm. And because he wasn't into drifting, he sort of allowed other people to run it. Yeah, okay. I guess, because it just wasn't his thing. And uh, would have been, yeah, four years ago now. Uh, we were hiring the venue out to run I was running my own events out of there and I was just hiring the venue off them rather than running it for them and making them all the money I was like look I'll hire the venue off you and I'll make potential profits out of it but also I'll be able to run the event the way I want to run it not Mm. with you over my shoulder being a dick because he was a dick (laughs) Uh, he just wasn't he didn't didn't understand it it didn't make any sense yeah and he was like a speedway slash like into motorbikes guy, like rate like speedway bikes. Yeah, yeah. So he just liked people going fast in circles and drifting was dumb, but he was making some money off it. So it's like, okay. Yeah. Um. Anyway, he had the opportunity to go take over a speedway track up north. Um, and then, yeah, basically offered me the venue um, to take over the lease. Um, but it was a very backhand it was a really like weird situation the way i ended up taking it over he tried to like sell me a bunch of things there that weren't even his they were owned by the people that owned the actual place and yeah right it was a little bit messy but we worked through it you know what i mean like i ended up making it through it in the getting through in the end um and then yeah so i've been running it for like four years in that time i guess he got out of there at the right time because the track was falling apart so in that like the physical track itself. yeah the track yeah. itself and he'd also done a lot of damage within the drifting community as well because he was a dick yeah and he was really like get stuck into people like for just little things like rather just a certain way you need to talk to people these days you know what mm. i mean some people like pedals you know what i mean you need to like stop yeah, yeah you know what yeah. i mean like and come, come over to the side here like dude you need to stop doing that you will hurt someone yeah sort of thing instead he was like ah and he'd get the same back yeah and then ban the person from coming ever again or whatever you know what i mean like it was and there's a ripple effect there yeah exactly right and and numbers were really down when we took it over and then the track itself being a go-kart track was never built to have full-size cars on it so so it's only a thinner surface starting to break up after all those years yeah uh yeah so i took it over first year was rough uh we had to spend like 80 grand on the track like keeping it running like putting new surface down and stuff like that so the first year was tough second year went on it was good we got back into the green and like running events and the place just cruises along runs well uh we ended up stopping doing the motorbike practice and stuff because numbers weren't as good and again it's one of those situations where i didn't know the market yeah i didn't know who i was dealing with how to deal with it and 
uh, how can I say it in a frank way? They were just whingers. Mm. They all wanted the world, but there was only a handful of them there yeah. in each category. Like they all wanted, there was like, they wanted a, a, a Grom class, a mini bike class, a one, two, five class, a this class, a that class, a that class in a and four like hour window. Riders. And they all wanted maximum amount of seat time. It's yeah. like, well, the one, two, fives and the two fifties can ride together. Oh no, we can't. Like, fucking idiots like yeah. no offense but like yeah i know what you're saying have fun with what you got you know I mean, you're not yeah. racing you're out having fun yeah um so like you know what i mean if you have six classes in one hour you're lucky to get 10 minutes each mm. and they wanted even more classes than that and it just ended up becoming like this whinge fest and i was just like you know what guys i'm barely making a cent out of you guys being here we just can't, can't do it anymore yeah it, it I wasn't into it personally. So like me spending an extra day of my life doing that to make some extra money wasn't worth it. I'd rather spend time with my kids or doing yeah. something fun for me. Um, so that's sort of where I went with that anyway. So it ended up just being drifting, just drifting, nothing else. And uh, yeah, come late uh, 2020, just get served. This guy comes past, council guy, um, sort of acting like, he's right into motorsport and even said things like it's a shame they're always trying to shut down lakeside and stuff like that so sort of got on my on side with me you know asked if he'd come in i'm like brought him in showed him around and stuff and next thing you know like four weeks later we've got a fucking order to close the track signed by this same motherfucker really piece of shit yeah no shit so he was very deceptive about it um and what were the grounds um, the basically the use of the the uh, the space. What do you like, mean? So it was zoned. So zoning, zoning. Oh, so it was yeah. zoned as the car park of the motorsport venue. Um, and as far as they're concerned, it can only be used as a car park. But then, as far as the owners of the speedway are concerned, their motorsport venue is their whole piece of land. It's a motorsport venue. Yeah. So right. why wouldn't you be able to do it outside? Just like a shopping center, you can set up a market outside. Like, yeah, they're clearly not having to get a change of permit because they want to run a market outside or a circus or something on the other on the car park land. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's unrealistic, right? Yeah. So why would why does this seem unrealistic? But anyway, that's that's the sort of uh, angle the guy worked on. Is it was literally like a 1974 or 76 or something was the uh, original yeah you know, zoning zoning yeah and that's what it's come back to wow yeah and that's their angle to sort of close it down and noise isn't an issue smoke isn't an, like there's no issues with us being there like even yeah. like what's well, zoned for motorsport we like. live we live right near there and like speed speedway is way louder than we are yeah you know and you, we are 95 decibels at 30 meters like you live on a main road it's louder yeah you know for the most part yeah um so I guess it just seems like a dude look technically he's doing his job yeah I don't think he had any idea how big drifting was yeah and how passionate we are you know about what we have you know um, so we got the enforcement order and we were just like what the fuck like you have to be closed by January 29th the last time you can run anything so we had a month notice um just the the and my, is it, my least like main employment pretty yeah, much yeah. yeah so my main my my deal with the speedway is like in january i basically don't run events anyway because they run so many speedway events on yeah 
just as a courtesy thing, we don't want to piss off locals or neighbors or anything anymore. Yeah, but I just run. Which they out. can't really hear us anyway. Like you, you, it has to be like cloudy, a, and the wind going towards the house yeah. is for you to hear yeah. the drifting. Yeah. Um, because obviously with the clouds low, that the, the n- noise bounces off. But we're right next to an airport and a concrete crushing plant, and in an industrial area, like. It is what it is. Why are you whinging? Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's loud planes taking off and landing all the time. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it wasn't it wasn't a sound-based order. It wasn't an, anything like that. It was just simply just purely zoning. a technicality. Yeah, te- purely a technicality. Um, and then, yeah, this dude ended up getting sort of uh, lynch-mobbed. That guy that, that his name got out. And, uh, yeah, the Mexican hoon cartel guys here in Queensland, uh, in the like, Gold Coast went after him and did skids on his driveway and stuff like that and wow look, that probably I'd, didn't help I'd probably feel bad for the guy <laughs> if he hadn't been deceitful yeah. you know what I mean I, ha- I hardly felt bad for the guy because he was extremely deceitful if he came in telling us like what he wants to do and stuff I could have sat there and told him like how important this place is not just yeah. for people to come and have a drift I'm like this is important to people's mental health yeah this is like, like a cultural this thing. is an outlet this is this isn't just a hobby this yeah. is how people live yeah. This is their lifestyle. This is why they live. This their is friends like, are here. We've had people that have come here as like Deros that don't have a job and they've got into drifting and they now work 60 hour weeks to support their like need yeah. to drift, you know, and that, and that makes them want to, it's turned them from yeah. like a non, a non-functioning member of society to like a extremely productive member of society because they, they want to do this sport and have fun with it. Yeah. And I wouldn't say do the sport, be part of the lifestyle. Yeah. The culture. Of yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, and I mean, it's so easy to like, you know, we joked about bogans and shit. Like, it's so fucking easy to judge a book by its cover. Yeah. Like, oh, it's fucking, it's just the bogan. Yeah. But it's just like, man, there's like, I guess the term bogan is like, comes from like a low socioeconomic white Australian. Yeah, but... And it's like... They're called concrete as bogans. Yeah. Oh, look at this bogan in his $120,000 yeah, HSV. That's It's like, you need to... You know, but I mean, the stereotypical <laughs> view is like, oh, that's like some povo dude, yeah. You know, and he's driving his shit ass drift car. Like, it'd be so easy to just like yep. pigeonhole that person, but it's just yeah. like, man, everybody, like, we, we don't really get to pick our start point and mm. and the lane that we sort of grew up in and the place that we grew up in. And, yeah, but you're and it's like for everybody, a thing. yeah, and everybody needs a chance. Like, everybody needs an outlet. Everybody yep. needs just because you don't get drifting or you don't understand what what it is that he's into or you can associate it be like oh he's fucking hooning around that doesn't mean that's what it is for that person yeah. like that that can be a way out for that person yeah but we so we uh did a petition like yeah. an online petition thing and within a week we had over twenty five thousand signatures Sick. um then we got abc news involved um and then more recently which really sort of kicked the council into gear to allow us to continue running at least for now um was channel nine um, Brisbane City Council were pretty freaked out about Channel 9 being there. They were constantly calling the Channel 9 news guy while I was, he was at the drift park, sort of yeah, like right. asking what he's reporting about. Oh, no, no, no. They're allowed to continue, you know, sort of. Obviously, the council people that I've sat down with, which aren't the lawmaking people, like I sat down with one of the like members deputy and mayor like and members yeah, and stuff yeah, like that, yeah. like they cannot see any negatives like they're like where the drift park is what you guys are doing 
we you've been there for 15 years and this is the first time we've heard of you so you're clearly not doing anything wrong yeah because if you were we would have heard about it yeah yeah. you know we would know that you were there we didn't even we apparently didn't even know you were there yeah so um you know they said you're clearly not doing anything wrong you know like it's all positives there's no negatives to what we're doing down there everyone's having a fantastic time getting their you know energy out meeting new people like it's a really cool positive place it's a place that should be getting government support this is the thing and that's back with you know all this money spent on anti-hooning and then yeah right we're putting in these anti-hooning surfaces that will kill their tires faster it's like like who the fuck's sitting behind a desk and thinking this shit up yeah like these guys are going out to wreck their tires yeah yeah yeah. oh no they're gonna pop their tires a little bit faster before their car overheats instead of after their car overheats that's not a bad thing fit on instagram now yeah i can do a like minute story mint perfect one minute banging that's like straight on the gram 60 seconds whatever like that's awesome you know build a fucking place for him to go yeah god man it, yeah. that's what kills me and, and again with my park we're not we haven't asked for a cent mm. we don't want any we're not asking like don't get me wrong hey anyone from the government you're watching like cash out help us repave the whole track yeah because i'm constantly chasing do you have, the track do you have but, anyone that you you guys go to that can like help you with grants and stuff like that have you ever we just haven't at, tried i guess man that haven't pushed for it yeah there'd be people out there that would be like really good like a good accountant like a, a lot of times like i know my accountant i've never done grants and stuff like that but i know that he's got grants for clients and shit like that's a thing they do i mean you guys should definitely be getting support and funding yeah for what you're doing because it is a fucking service man like you really are providing you know the people want to like we're tribal and if that's your tribe if the drift community is your tribe if it's the local footy club if it's little athletics if it's bmx like people want to in, be involved and and have their tribe yeah and it's like, a support group exactly as well. and like we should be looking to it. support those kind of places that provide that you know it's like that's your church well bmx and skate was a huge problem back in the 90s yeah true and then they embrace it by and then they put skate, skate parks, parks everywhere yeah. now, now it's there's not a one problem. In everywhere but you can go to places like you go anywhere even now on the gold coast where there's some football ovals and a skate park next to it yeah and you know like i'm from victoria so it was all afl but these ovals are all empty and yeah. the skate parks are full yeah even now when we've got so many skate parks like you just got to give them somewhere to go mm. and look you know it's unrealistic to expect a drift park to be on every second corner of burnout yeah, pad, yeah, but one in every city but one in every city at least yeah. for some for people to go to yeah. you know other than unreal ex- like unrealistic expectations like we're going to stamp out hooning completely yeah. and it's just not going to exist anymore it's like you, you you're from australia yeah? yeah like we like v8s yeah burnouts yeah like things going the biggest, fast the biggest sporting event in yeah. australia is on a fucking mountain yeah with a bunch of cars going 300 k a bunch of fucking bogans and that we go up there fucking and- love it yeah, one love of the it so much they got them Australia. bury their alcohol yeah. so they can bring more alcohol yeah. in because one slab a day isn't enough. Yeah. You're not going to stop hooning in Australia. It, it just exists. Also, summer nats. Yeah. Like it, I love it, summer nats. Dude, it's like, man, we fucking, uh, we almost last year did rented a motorhome to go to summer nats. Yeah. It, it's fully on my to-do list. I reckon oh, it yeah. would be fucking I, I went unreal. the year before 
with one of my cars and I'll be at the next one when that does happen. I'm going. Yeah, it's so much fun. That's fucking sick. But yeah, yeah it's like, it's a part of Australian culture. Yeah, you know, you can't just erase it. Yeah. And it's not going to, it's generational too. Like there is like, literally been around for long enough where there's generations of people that are into this. So it's mm. just not going to go away. Yeah. And it's an unrealistic expectation that people are just going to give up on what is their life. Mm. They love it. They live it. That's what they do. If they didn't have it, just like, you know, me with drifting, like you're saying with your jujitsu, to, to just take that off you. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You're going to do it anyway. Yeah. Take, take away the studios, take away the gloves, take away everything. Yeah. You know, you'll go practice on the street. I even had, there was a comment on one of our things, you know, why are they doing it and think about the environment, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, well, whatever. Um, if we were to take away, because I could see you had some sort of footy thing. I'm like, if I took away your football ovals, would you go and kick the ball around out the front on the street? Yep. What do you think we're doing, mate? Yeah. If we have nowhere to go, that's where they're going to go. Yeah. You know? You can't do it in your backyard. Your backyard's not big enough. You're going to go out and kick your ball in the street. Yeah. What's the difference? Yeah, it's same shit. You know? So, yeah, I guess it's a real, like, small way to look at it, but it's a genuine thing, mm. you know? And we are extremely lucky in Queensland where there is a lot of stuff, but drifting-wise, a lot of the stuff, a majority of the events is all at, at my track. Mm. And, uh, you know, if we lose it, it's gonna make let's it's gonna have a huge effect on the on the drift scene because yeah. you'll go from you know this week for one i know this week is ex- like an extreme week where there is a shitload of events in one week but queensland raceway has drifting sort of twice a month yeah okay which even for australia is a lot you know yeah. most states are lucky to have one a month um but you know right now i run eight times a month so if you were to go from 10 total events a month to only two and even like tonight, I think their event's nearly sold out. We had a big amount, of, we had a large amount of drivers at our event last night. We expect a large event on Sunday. So if you were to get all these people that can fill up 10 events a month yeah. and all of a sudden expect them to just go to two, it's not going to happen. Yeah, you know what I mean? True, There's going to huh? be a lot of disappointed people, people yeah, yeah. that even if they want to do it on the track, they can't because it's booked out. They can't get in there, you know? Yeah. You know, it is what it is yeah. you know so that that's why it's really important to keep the park you know like mental health I think is a humongous part of it because we have so many guys that you know depend on it yeah. you know depend on that outlet I know when we closed for the two months over COVID it was you know we had guys like man you guys need I need it you need to open like it was, it's their addiction it's their yeah. thing you know yeah and when we open back up, literally like grown men like cuddling, like, thank God you're open again. That's awesome. And, you know, then this shit comes around. It's just like, what a kick in the balls. Mm. And the worst part is like January. So January 2020, we didn't run because we don't run events in January. We, February, uh, start of February, I spent a bit over $90,000 putting a new corner in like fixing a corner, adding a banked corner, which is the only one in Australia for drifting. That's it. Um, so like, it's rad. This new corner, sick. Come March, start of March, COVID, we get closed. Oh. So like, I ran like three events before COVID closed us. So then we closed for that couple months there after I've just spent 90 grand 
and then we get open f- like f- half open for that you know it was it from june or whatever it was and then you know near the end of the year there we got to open to somewhat capacity you know not definitely not full capacity but we're able yeah. to like run half decent events again so like i'm still in the hole from this bloody 90 grand like i haven't even paid all that off for this year Fuck, and then so the shit. council are like oh you're closing down because why oh because on a piece of paper it says it's a car park yeah like fuck off it, it's it's a sucky feeling and and so it's hard and so where is that with it now like obviously you got the twenty five thousand full limbo no nah, it's like forty five thousand it's up to now and twenty five thousand really? was the first week we'll also put a link in the description of this show to yep. it as well and then sure. everybody listening please just take the time to do it because it does make a difference yeah and it is i think that's a big thing when we had uh the people from abc hit us up they were like jesus christ they're like twenty five thousand signatures like i think it was in five days that's it wasn't so even sick. a full week and they were like this is cool this yeah. is important yeah well the lady was talking to me she's like we've seen a lot more happen with a lot less yeah you cool. know so um yeah i mean i get the feeling personally that it's not going away yeah um, we, we a lot of people are getting the good hope but there's some it just takes one fuck with though eh? yeah it's all it is is a dude like signing a piece of paper it's a dude sitting behind a desk being like yes or no yeah and we just funny, we're just trying to push like their their thing is it needs to be rezoned needs to be rezoned right imagine like this table here is, yeah. is the motorsport venue they've got a speedway track in the middle like the whole thing's their venue yeah. like why can't they do what they want with it you know what i mean yeah it's kind of stupid you know it's like saying it's just bureaucratic bullshit yeah it's exactly what it is and even people within the council that i've spoken to have said the same thing like yeah. it is just like legal crap like it's yeah. bullshit it's paperwork yeah red tape crap and the, the craziest part is somebody could just fix it they could literally and just be like, just like or just yeah, screw, oh, screw yeah, that piece is, of paper yeah, up and dumb. throw it away it's fucking gnarly and for eh? another 15 years just leave us alone yeah <laughs> yeah you know Fuck. then we'll probably be Jetsons by then you know what I mean and we won't be burning tyres we'll be flying I, I don't fucking know but you know what yeah, I mean like it yeah. might not be a thing by then yeah but we'll definitely be drifting why would you have, why would you be hassling something that's been there for 15 years not doing anything wrong yeah you know and that's been the really tough thing like i think it would have been easier to deal with if um we were like super noisy or yeah if you were like doing the wrong thing people were like fucking up the area afterwards like we literally walk the area afterwards and clean all the streets because if any spectators have like dropped rubbish and all that like we're like super onto it you know what i mean like yeah to to make sure there's as little effect on anything outside of the venue as possible yeah you know we're we're really adamant you know we want to keep the place yeah you know we need to keep the place so if there was some reason you know what i mean proper reason to close us down i think it would be like more palatable yeah but the fact that it's just a piece of paper yeah that for 15 years hasn't been a problem and now it is yeah is very hard to accept yeah yeah and you guys obviously too like when you give back to the community as well like that's another thing it's like all that shit should come into consideration and it should be a fucking no-brainer yeah well i took over the track four years ago it was a drift and go-kart track mainly a go-kart track i took it over the first year spent 80 grand the year up in total we're at like quarter of a mil i've spent on the place the first thing I did when I took the place over was drop the prices for drivers to drive. Um, only, was it 
20 in start of 2020 was when i upped the price like 20 bucks so it went from like 60 bucks to drive to 80 bucks to drive but 80 bucks to go on a track for four hours mm. that's 20 bucks an hour yeah that's you know, cheaper what, than fucking go-karts it's miles cheaper than go-karts like like to go to slideways is like a hundred and something bucks yeah, man yeah but anything like what rent any sort of space for twenty dollars an hour yeah it's you can't like that's a fucking good point you know what i mean it probably costs you more to spend an hour on a pool table if you're good at pool and actually get the balls in (laughs) you know what i mean at two dollars a game you'll probably go through 10 games in an hour yeah that's very true you know what i mean like it it is insanely cheap and as far as motorsport goes it's wildly cheap it costs me Um, what's it 60 bucks to ride a qmp without a license for like my, that, yeah. yeah, I think it's about $60. It's $50 yeah. for me with the license, but that's still... Yeah, yeah. I think... Yeah, it cost me... Because I don't have a license, it cost me like 65 bucks, Yeah. And that's to ride a dirt track. Yeah. Yeah, and we've got like obviously crazy yeah, well, expense with yeah, the track. You know, yeah. one corner, like I said, that, that concrete grand. corner, 90 grand. You know, I wish I could just... The dream would be to just push some dirt around. And I was going to say, get a fucking backhoe on a road yeah, trip. Yeah, Gucci. Spend 90 grand once on a nice machine that yeah. you can use. And yeah. then like you know you have a bit of fuel here and there and whatnot yeah. but um yeah so it's been hard and like i said was the stress thing like it's been uh not killing my wife but the you know she's losing literally losing hair mm. um over it and my wife's hair is blue so it's blue hair everywhere You're like well oh, it's blue hair it's everywhere <laughs> um it's not probably not a laughing matter but um you know the stress of what they're sort of doing and everything is is tough and right now as it stands we're just in complete limbo yeah so right now our landlord which is the uh speedway uh is basically versus the council and they're trying to and find are they and they're trying to yeah so they're trying to find a resolution yeah but the the hard thing is with the council and speedway is the speedway is always somewhat under threat as well because they actually are noisy yeah um, but they've got the advantage of being there for 60 years. Yeah. They were there before any of the houses. So yeah, you don't move next to it and be like, oh my God, that place is noisy. It's like, oh, that place that was there 30 years before you. Yeah. Yeah, that place. Fuck off. Yeah. Um, so, you know, from from my last chats with the Speedway, it seemed positive. Um, for the, from the main people in the council I know that, that I've spoken to, they are po- they want to make it work. It's just pleasing these lawmakers within the council, which, yeah, they, they're they just like on paper. Mm. So on paper, you can't do it. But then it can be skewered. Then if, if a speedway can't use their car park to do other motorsport stuff, then why can a shopping center run mm. a market in their shop in the, in the park? You in their be parking, a, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And and part of their argument is if if there's drifting going on there, there's not enough parking for the speedway. Yeah. We don't run at the same time. Yeah. So that was immediately squashed as an issue. So like we do not run at the same time. Um. So, it, I'm sure I'm I'm positive a supermarket like like let's even look at Harbour Town. I'm sure they didn't get a change of yeah you, not harbour town um what's the other one close Pack to the highway Fair. um of ravina no 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 uh sorry it's back up uh, brisbane road it's one just off the westfield. exit there yeah the westfield one where they used to have that uh shipping container market oh, thing yeah, night yeah. Quarter. yeah the night quarter yeah 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 like i'm sure they would have had to get like 
probably permission to do it, but at the same time, they didn't increase their parking area or anything because they had essentially an entire yeah. new shopping center built yeah. on top of what they already had. They didn't also then build a, th- a thousand more car parks. Yeah. You know what I mean? So yeah. that whole car parking and use of the area is like, yeah. you know, where do we draw the line? Yeah. With what you can do with your own space. Um, and then other thing they have, they literally have a council run uh, literally around the corner from the track, like 100 meters from the track. They have a, they like a tip shop. It's called the tip shop. Yeah. So it's a things they rescue from the tip or... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a... Like a salvos. Like a, No, like a salvos. Oh, yeah. But it's a council run one. Yeah. They have no parking. So they have this big shop, like heaps of land. And like literally when they run on a Sunday, there's cars parked all down the road everywhere and there's people trying to get their bargains, you know. Yeah. They don't have parking. No parking whatsoever. So that's another thing we're sort of thrown back at them like this because what it keeps coming back to on their paper is car park car park car park and it's like well you guys are running an entire thing just around the corner like within 100 meters of where we are without a car park at all so why can't we do this you know um yeah so at the end of the day it is just bureaucratic bullshit and we hope like hell we can just push through um and you know some sort of common sense will prevail yeah you know i think as far as the speedway is concerned and even a lot of the council people are concerned up higher in the council it is just you know the way you read it Mm. you know what i mean and as far as most are concerned it seems that the entire motorsport venue which is the speedway which is where i operate you know essentially just hire the venue out is all a motorsport venue so Mm. you should be able to do motorsport in it yeah um we only operate at times that were allocated by council you know we don't go outside of any of that we don't go over our noise limits like we 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 go by the book mm. except for this part of the book in 78 or whatever it was that said that it's meant to be a car park and only a car park um yeah it's a really like i said if we did something wrong yeah you could ju- understand you could it, we yeah. had some sort of injury like something crazy happened, some big fire that, that caused some issue in yeah. other places or anything, anything. But this is just over nothing. Yeah. That, that's the hardest pill to swallow, you know? The crazy thing is, man, like somebody should not in council should not be able to rule on a matter about this unless they've been in a drift car. Or, well, you know what I mean? Like, no, had just some perspective of, like, some what resource. this does. Like, some research on it. Yeah. Not just... Because he could have walked in that particular night, saw a couple hundred people watching a couple of cars skid around and went like, huh, whatever. Yeah, this, this is shit. They're not allowed to do this. Yeah. And it's like, he doesn't realise that all those cars out there, all those shops go to mechanic shops. Yeah. Who employ people. You know, they all buy tyres from another place that employs people. They buy oil from another place that employs people. They buy a trailer from another place that employs people. Like that little track there supports hundreds of businesses. Yeah. That that little track right there supports hundreds of people's mindset. You know, like it, there's so much more to it. Mm. You know, and it, that's something clearly that was never looked into by the original person that that did the order. 
and when we've had other council people involved and I sat at the table with them and you know we spoke with it all and they were like totally genuinely on our side they're like this doesn't this is just silly like it's been there 15 years and even some of the council members were like we need to as council people we need to take some sort of responsibility for this like if you've been running for 15 years and it's not a problem then then that's our fault for allowing you to run if if in fact you weren't allowed to run Mm. you know why have we let that happen if it's not meant to happen you know i guess you know they they the common sense in people sees that yeah, can exactly. see it's fine yeah you know we're not upsetting anyone like we someone we've only had very few people come in on like the channel nine thing and there was a guy that commented on there and he's like yeah they need to be shut down they're super noisy and someone commented back like what are you talking about you never even hear them blah, blah blah and the guys like commented back you don't understand what it's like to live close to them we hear them all the time i can even hear the commentary and it's like you don't commentate we don't have commentary yeah you're like you can hear speedway yeah not drifting mm-hmm. shut the fuck up that's awesome you idiot and like people just started feeding it to me on that but it's like you the the drifting's not an issue yeah um so yeah fingers crossed and yeah everyone <laughs> have their fingers crossed for us and yeah i will send you through that link to be able to, to awesome. share but it um you know just shows that there is so much support and like i said i'm i someone told me not too long ago it was at like forty five thousand. so cool. like that's 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 yeah. a serious amount of people Big time. you know that are, that are stoked on something so yeah hopefully we can continue to do the good thing and yeah you definitely have to come out and throw you in the can. passenger seat yeah like convertible that'd be sick the con- um, convertible is the most scary because there's a lot of stuff going on yeah there's a bit on yeah um so can people just like so if someone's got like a fucking xr6 turbo ute they can chuck a helmet on and like go or like so yeah what's the what give me the the pitch of if someone wants to go and drift at archerfield so the best time if you're a beginner driver or even someone that thinks they're here on the street and all their mates tell you how good you are nine well, i wouldn't say nine i'd probably say seven out of ten times you're probably not that good yeah and you you won't be able to come out on one of the advanced nights which are thursday nights and do well and we'll probably ask you to jump off the track because you you're basically be a danger for yourself um you know uh, so our beginner nights are our tuesday night so every second tuesday night we run a beginner night and that's a an event where we use a start line and we have free tutors there as well oh sick so you'll come around and if you're very very new um you know one of our guys will literally jump in the car with wow, you wow that's sick and, and help you get you know an idea of what to do and you let go one at a time so there's no sort of sketchiness chance of you know two cars coming in contact or anything like that and we use like a tighter layout with cones and stuff so you're not like going not near any walls speed. or you know no potential to damage yourself your car anybody else's stuff you know what i mean we keep it very controlled and then our thursday nights which are run every week are like an advanced night so you have to be able to come on the thursday nights we expect you to be able to competently drive yeah. to drift you know not if you're like spinning two or three times in a lap we'll be like look man you probably need to come back on a tuesday or again our every second sunday so this sunday for instance we run from 10 a.m until 1 p.m so three hours of beginner um which advanced people can come to as well but it's just one at a time so we might get like an advanced driver that has like a super nice street car like you say it might have just say they might have a really nice xr6 turbo you know and they don't want to get in a tandem drift or anything, yeah. but they want to still go and have a drift. Yeah, We'll get those guys come out to the beginner sesh just because it's a start line and it, it's more controlled. Yeah. Where our afternoon session on a Sunday is like loose. 
1 p.m. till 5 p.m. It is loose. It That's is like sick. full send. Oh, sorry, it's 1.30. Yeah, it's from 10 a.m. until 1.30 and then 1.30 till 5. So three and a half hours. Yeah. The afternoon session is no start line. You just do hot laps. Fuck so yeah. basically you jump onto the track from the moment you jump onto the track, it's on. Yeah. And sick to watch, obviously. Um, but then as a driver, you know, it's fantastic. You a lot of tandem drifting and really like sending the crap out of it. So really good fun that's awesome so that's that, that's sort of the steps you come out as a new driver you aim for that Tuesday or the Sunday mornings which are on uh, every second conceptual week so it'll be we had a Tuesday last night so not next Tuesday Tuesday after we have another yeah, one yeah. we're on this Sunday so not the one after the one after that so um, still ample opportunity to get out there and have a go but we've had so many guys that have come out not even be able to get a car sideways um, you know, not even guys that have gone and done anything on the road. They're just guys that have like seen drifting, thought that'd be great. They've come to the track, been like, "What do I need?" Yeah. <laughs> For starters, you know, um, and we'll be like, "Look, you need to go get a better LSD, so at least both your tires spin." Yeah. And then come back and enter a beginners night. They'll come out on the beginners night. We'll have one of our guys jump in, help them out. They'll keep driving, and you'll watch them. They'll come maybe five ten times depending on how quick they pick it up and then they'll probably usually it happens on a sunday they'll come out into a sunday morning session and then they go into that and it'll sort of get to the end of that morning session and they'll come up and be like do you reckon like i'm good enough to stay for the afternoon session and so you then keep your eye on them for a few laps and see how they go and it's either like i'll come back into a couple more you know and get going a bit better or it'll be like dude you're killing it like that's enter the arvo session you know what i mean it's and it's a fantastic way to progress with it yeah yeah and you with with teachers you learn so much yeah you know what i mean like i wish when i was getting into it i could have had someone teach yeah you know there's so many stupid little bad habits and things that you don't you just because you just don't know any better yeah you're doing where if you have someone jump in the car with you that few minutes with someone in the car with Can you, you that knows you what like they're talking a year yeah and that's a not just a year they save you 20 drift days yeah. of trying to learn Tires, something cars. so you're spending just say they save you it'll save you like 20 grand yeah yeah in, isn't that crazy yeah and that's the way a lot of people because a lot of them are, well to be fair we have a lot of chicks coming nowadays as well but a lot of the dudes sort of like think they know like yeah. i said seven out of ten think they can kill it yeah and then get out on the track and maybe realize they can't or even when they can't they still think they can yeah um so sometimes it is harder to teach you know people that already think they know it but it's like it's actually super easy to teach chicks because they listen and they're fucking loose yeah chicks don't give a fuck dude it's the same in jiu-jitsu man yeah they're just like they got no concept of injury pain they're just like all right we're gonna fucking throw down yeah so no that's where you know if you, if you can listen to the person teaching you, you'll learn a lot fast and save yourself so much time, effort and money. Yeah. You know, uh, and get into it the right way. Uh, you just save yourself not time, money, just expense in general. And, you know, time is money. So like you're saving yourself that time and it ultimately the better you get at, the more reward there is from being able to string the corners together and you don't get frustrated as much. Like you'd imagine if you spent five events coming there and all you could do is spin spin, out every single corner, you would sort of lose interest in it pretty quick. Yeah. Where we can have someone come out in their first time and have an instructor in with them for five, 10 minutes and at least have you drifting a corner. Yeah. You know, and then you'll progress on from there and then potentially we see you on a Thursday night thrown down. 
you know, and I'll be there like on your door sort of thing, you know what I mean? And we've had guys progress. We've had so many progress in the last couple of years from, so cool. you know, essentially Groms to, to like guys that are killing it. That's so sick. Yeah. And, and we, like you said, with the demographic thing, people coming in, oh, they're in a shit box bar. Like we've had guys come in with like, they started in a shitty Commodore and now they've got like a nice like built setup car, you know what I mean? But they've, they've, they've been smart about it as well. It. Like even though that's all they had access to at the time, um, as they've got better, they've realized they've needed more resources, got a better job, whatever, like I said, become a more, a, a more productive member of society. Um, to fund their habit. To fund, yeah, yeah. to fund the, what they love. Yeah. And they end up like, you know, building a much nicer car and, you know, it, it helps people like, you know, they were just like, about, you know, like a bogan in all sense of the word. Yeah. You know, shitty Commodore just wanted to go into a skid. Yeah. That's, that's what's perceived, right? Um, you know, lower income come out and then enjoy it they're just drifting on scrap tires start getting better and better and better you know as they're getting better their driving level gets beyond the the shitty car so they want to get a better car then they start you know using better tires and so on and so on and as they're doing that as a as a result they they want to mm. be better at life as well but like get a better job and yeah you know essentially earn more money you know so as a result of it their life actually gets yeah. better yeah without even realizing you know and then all the friends they're gathering along the way might meet know, a cool so chick there absolutely yeah i'm well i didn't meet my wife through drifting but she's like i met her through other car friends so yeah yeah That's absolutely awesome. yeah what is there any like sneaky good drift cars that like people might just they might not even know they're in a fucking sick drift car au falcons that's dude jack miller au falcons have man. you have you seen the dude. podcast with jack no jack miller yeah. literally goes on gumtree yeah constantly to the find AU. au falcons dude they he, are the he's best. like they are fucking bullshit yeah i've got i've got two really yeah i've got two Can, AU are falcons. they getting hard to find yeah kind of stitched myself up yeah i've definitely well you you're AU a, a house guys in queensland and then i started sending the crap out of it. now all of a sudden it's like two grand for an au yeah like one of my aus i swapped a hat and a sticker for no shit <laughs> yeah. and the other one i the other one i paid 500 bucks for and now that same thing like unless you travel like a couple of hours out of the city you, you're paying like minimum a grand for an au really yeah and i got a i got a ba I had a BA LPG Falcon Ute that I bought from the wrecking uh, the auction yard across the road from Archie, and I put a uh, 33 inch mud tires and stuff on it, <laughs> and um, that's been like a toy I've been playing with recently. It's really fun. So the old AU that is the yeah ticket. yeah AU. Miller swears by it, man. Yeah, Fucking and I tell you, them. just Falcons, eh? Like off roading wise, if you're still on YouTube, like go onto my channel, and I literally just put up a video the other day with me like. I call it the Baraptor because it's. Oh, I, I, have I think a I saw this thumbnail on you. Yeah, so the yeah they are the Baraptor. It's insane. That is fucking sick. So, dude, Stop this it. thing's out of control. Just just click in like halfway. You're, dude, you making me want to get a fucking drift car. How's so this, this so thing? all I did on this thing is I literally got the thirty three inch tires that came factory on my Raptor and I was just like we got the grinder out and just started cutting, wow. and made them fit this Falcon and this is like all we've done is put like some Hilux like spacer things in the front, cut the guards out, <laughs> this is and well, welded the back diff. So I was like drifting this car a little bit and then I was like I have enough drift cars. 
Yeah. Like this doesn't show the angle that I was on here. Oh like, yeah. The car's like was on its side a second ago before that. I think skip probably another minute or two forward because I end up blowing the radiator just after this. Or not blowing the radio. I had a line or something come off. I keep going forward. It's a bit where I get into a mud hole, which is actually fucking hilarious. This is the best. How good's Australia? Dude. This is Australia. Dude. <laughs> Are you fucking serious? Oh, dude. And, and the windows did, didn't go up on it. Oh. I end up completely coated in mud. That's so good. But, like, it's so good. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> how good is it oh, it's amazing and I had, my son's in there with me my three-year-old dude he's, he's gonna be with a me. fucking weapon he's man. gonna be a menace yeah he will really can you imagine growing up at archfield with like sick oh, fucking cars yeah he's gonna be doing yeah. some weird shit at night but, but this thing i was taking it through some like proper hectic four-wheel drive tracks and making it did this you just gurney yeah. out the fucking interior after this no so later in the video i drive it into a river perfect and shoot fresh water all over the car which washes most of the mud off that's so good it ends up but then we uh i did some other stuff and then in the end i had to tow it to the trailer but i think it'll start again i think it'll uh we'll get it going how much time do you spend working on cars not too bad really like with the videos and stuff you know what i mean like i probably spend maybe two or three hours a day if that working on a car a lot of days I don't like today I didn't touch a car the mud dude fucking hell <laughs> that's so good the old AU that is perfect isn't it wait I'm just gonna start looking for one that, that, that was a BA but I got that from the auctions for a thousand bucks yeah right like all in and what do you gotta do to get that drift ready nothing really welded the diff I was gonna say do you have to dude, weld the diff so when you? we got this thing it had a big alloy tray on the back it had like a huge toolbox and stuff on it and all it had was a little bit of damage on the bumper and like the alloy tray was a bit bent yeah and I was like drifting it at my track with the big like toolbox and stuff on the back just for a laugh. Can you like, can dude, you go to the chat? Can you go find a video of him drifting one of those AUs? Um, look at the shit I'm driving down. Yeah, that's with that no, car. That's, no that's joke. ridiculous, isn't it? That's no joke. Oh yeah. Um, the AU Falcon. I want to see. It's so funny, dude. Like Jack, you go to Jack's place and he's got like five yeah, or six of them all with one. like grass grown all over him because he just fucks them out and then leaves them there. Dude, Look at this thing. This is a AU Falcon with the diff welded, the springs cut, and then there's a, a mob on the Gold Coast called um, AU House. Yeah. And they do a steering angle kit, so it gives you more steering angle. Oh, but that yeah. is a that's a column shift automatic. Wow. So I literally like in the first gear <laughs> and drift these things. Look, that's literally like a taxi. That looks picture perfect. Too. Yeah. Fuck, Just, that's so sick. What a majestic beast. I know, look at it. It is, <laughs> it is glorious, isn't it? Yeah. And then Commodore right behind. Perfect. It's just basically a stock Commodore with a welded diff. That is so you don't have to have money to get into drifting. And honestly, like, I've still got that AU. It doesn't look a lot like that. It's a very smashed up, like, didn't, like, you know, plowed into and stuff. But um, it's, it's really funny, you know, how much fun you can have in your shit cars. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that was a good look, that one. Yeah, look at the great oh, man. Um, My editing skills have definitely got better since here as well. That That is another cool thing. I mean, we didn't really touch in the... I'll get you back on yeah. another time. Um, we didn't really get into the YouTube stuff, but like, man, I got a lot of respect for the YouTube game as well. Like, Obviously, we go pretty hard. Like, We post a couple of videos a, a day with our stuff, and yeah. um, and there's two of us that, that do that. So for you to be doing 
running the track, having the family, the mechanical work, building the cars, doing the YouTube channel. Yeah. Like, it's fucking pretty cool to see how much you're able to do. Yeah, and, and I, I, th- I still manage to keep... The thing is, too, like, the car stuff I was doing anyway. Yeah. You know, I guess, like, because just having, like, multiple cars and the drift track there, like, there's always maintenance involved in it, you know? Um, especially when you start getting looser because, you know, you break more stuff, <laughs> you know, and you need to fix yeah. more stuff. And then the cool thing is with YouTube, as you start making money from it, it gives you more money to do even dumber stuff or even more stupid stuff. Like you can justify going and sending the shit out of it and breaking it because it'll exactly. make a sick video. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, know? We're, we're so, yeah. yeah. I know, know exactly what you mean. So the more means you have, the more you can do yeah. things you want to as well. And simple things like as there's more means, you know, you can buy more parts. Yeah. Even for your cars, you're not smashing up and make them nicer and make videos with that, Yeah, you know, as well. You know, like a, my last two videos was more just... Uh, doing mods on the car you know yeah. one of my cars the car that I actually drove here today yeah um yeah that thing's sick you know doing suspension and stuff like I had the roof wrapped and you know different things that are definitely cool and gives other people inspiration and yeah and gives them sort of ideas to follow yeah um you know and, and it, a community to be a part of yeah absolutely that's that's what I've pushed a lot with my channel and I really um like so my video comes out I pretty much do daily videos um, I'm not doing a video tonight because I didn't film much yesterday but I generally pretty much upload daily and I go upload something from this if you want yeah. cut out a segment of this yeah. and then put it up as well if that if that is good for yeah. you yeah but so every Thursday uh, sorry every night at 8pm I'll drop a video but I always do live premieres yeah cool and then, so, you and then I the chill yeah, yeah so yeah. I'll chill there and talk with everybody and you know we'll have anywhere from between sort of 200 to 600 people yeah every night um, watching and then there's you know a, a community from that and then you know we sort of do like um, do you do Patreon no, I don't do Patreon just because, again, with everything I have going on in the background, I couldn't keep up with that many social yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I do have YouTube. I do the YouTube membership thing, though, oh, which isn't that? great because YouTube take a massive chunk. Yeah, they take yeah. like 30 or 40%. Yeah. Um, but again, it's more of something for people to be part of, which I, I really like. Um, and then being members, then we do like member, spe- member stickers and we do special member-only shirts and things like that. See. So... It's pretty cool and I really enjoy that side of it and it helps people feel more in touch with you. And I guess it was interesting for me when I met Adam because I'd been watching his videos and, you know, you do feel connected with the person even though you don't know them. And I get that a lot now with, um, you know, people come to the drift park or or see me out somewhere and they're like, oh, hey, Luke, how's it going? And it's like, do I know you sort of thing? And they're like, oh, no, I watched the vlogs. It's like, oh, yeah, how you doing, dude? Like, yeah happy to, more than happy to meet anyone but it's like sometimes awkward because they approach you like they know you exactly yeah and you're like fuck i'm real i have a, I have the worst memory with names like i've given most of my friends nicknames that i'm now lifetime friends with like because when i'd met them i couldn't remember their real name yeah, yeah. most of my friends have nicknames from me yeah just because i surely just terrible with names we have two guys at the track and they do star in my videos a lot um and the names, are, their real names are Darren and Zach. And it's an older guy who helps out at the track constantly. He actually came there to help some concreting 
and basically never left. That's fucking awesome. He's like part of the furniture and he's one of these old school dudes that's done everything. I was going to say, he probably could do every job. He does. He can do yeah. every job. He's like 50 something. I literally something. know the dude. Yeah. Ripped. Like never wears a shirt. Full that's, leather skin. That's awesome. And he's got a son, Zach, who has cerebral palsy. Um, so he's a full-time carer of his son, but they're both, they were both really into burnouts and they came and helped with some concreting and now they're just like love drifting. That's so sick. But they've been around it for years and um, I could never remember their name. They're Cheech and Chong now. <laughs> Everybody knows them as Cheech and Chong. That's so and sick. And even Cheech has a girlfriend now and we call her Sheech. <laughs> And, and she, you know, she calls it herself Sheech, you That's know, so like, good. oh, I'm Cheech's missus, you know, like, it's really funny. So many people don't even have a clue of what their name. name? Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. no one even knows. Someone goes around, oh, where's Darren? And people are like, who the, the fuck, fuck is Darren? Is Darren? They're like, Darren? And you're like, Cheech. Oh, Cheech. Yeah, yeah. Well, Cheech, Cheech, Cheech the sick cut. He's over there. Yeah, like, yeah. that's just it. They say real names. People are like. That's awesome. <laughs> even Cheech's grandkids, even Cheech's own son calls his, calls him Cheech now. That's so <laughs> it, good. It's phenomenal. I love it, but I'm just, I'm hopeless with names. So, I've, you know, when people do come up to me uh, with that sort of knowing as if they know you, that's where I sort of get confused because I'm like, maybe, you, you know maybe you're I do know you. Like, I probably probably don't like, know you, but if I do, I've definitely forgot so your name. So how's it going, mate? Yeah, yeah. Oh, you watched the vlog? Oh, sick. So I definitely don't know you. You just watch the vlogs. It's okay. I can't... I don't have to feel bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not a dick Super right now. happy to meet yeah. you. Yeah, it's not someone I've known for ages and I just can't remember your name and I'm looking at you and I... You Maybe you look familiar. Do I know you? Always an interesting moment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I, uh, I really uh, hope that we've been able to shed a little bit of light on the situation for um archfield and i hope that um everybody listening will just take a minute to sign the petition um obviously it's still up in the air yeah so and anything it, it that does we can help. do it yeah. does help and and just bring the awareness to it and um you know even you know follow your nose with it because you know there's a couple um things going around with like emails that you can send and things like that that have all pre-written and all you need to do is literally add your name to it and press send and things like that um to just you know make the people aware yeah. and be aware that it's just a good thing and you know i guess you just need to put it in perspective of something being taken away from from your sport whatever that may be yeah 100 percent. you know um yeah muchly appreciated it's a good little tangent no it was good i had fun man yeah. I, I definitely learned a bunch i'm really good at talking shit nah, so am I, mate. That's, <laughs> that's why we're here um i'm gonna i'm gonna get that game on the sim i'm gonna set up i'm yeah, gonna set up dude, my handbrake and i recommend crack. yeah lift for speed for when because i've played a bit of that assetto corsa and i feel like that lift for speed always felt more natural sick. felt feels more real so yeah sick i'd love to do that and then come out and have a go one night yeah you probably you probably if you get good at it on the sim you'll probably be able to pretty much just jump straight into a car Fuck, that'd be yeah i mean i'm honestly get an like, au oh, get an au done. and you'll be in there done grab one of jacks yeah steal it out of the grass well we we used to um dad had a fucking 60 series land cruiser when we were kids and it was just a four speed diesel thing and we he used to be the president of the football club so like we'd go there on saturday mornings early and dad would be like mowing the field and doing the white lines and the whole deal yeah. and uh we were just young and we'd be able to drive this land cruiser in like the they had like a vacant 
yeah. paddock with just grass that's like the only drifting i've ever done but <laughs> fuck we used to have so much we had like this little course and just you'd like i remember would have been dice in an old 62 like trying to like oh man almost I, trying to roll sort of thing no nah, it was so slippery on this oh, grass okay, it yeah. was like long guinea grass yeah. and then the, the car had flattened it yeah and it was just like a flat football field yeah and i remember you'd put it in like you'd be in like third or fourth gear going down the straight and then I remember coming down and then like going into second and just you take the foot off the clutch and just like, <laughs> so that's like my only drift experience ever nah, so I would it. be absolutely stoked yeah. it's a super a like crazy if you do get the opportunity as well guys come down and check it out yeah. it, is, it is extremely in your face like at Archerfield when you come there to watch drifting you you literally stand feet from it like yeah. don't don't come wearing a white shirt because you're going to get rubber on you yeah like we, we might have to just do like a bit of a gypsy gang night out there and just yeah, get, get a bunch of people to listen to the podcast Definitely. and we'll, we'll come out and we'll fucking We'll mic you up and hear you scream in the car and I send you out a wall. Oh, I'd be shitting <laughs> myself. But uh, I, feel it, like, I feel like you know what you're doing. Yeah. The problem is, is like... Does Troy go all right in that? Yeah. He's getting he's getting there. He's going out tonight to Queensland Raceway and Sick. then he's coming out on Sunday um, to try and help him get better at it. He, yeah. he more power slides at the moment in the drifts, but he's definitely... What's the difference? ...wants to get into it. So drifting, so power sliding is just sort of getting to the corner and then, the and then pushing and then, the car sideways sort of oh, thing. Yeah. Drifting is more about sliding into the corner, connecting corners and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah it's it's basically just a, a big step from yeah, you know, the yeah. power slide. Do you know Corey Creed at all? Yes. Yeah. He, he, he comes out to I drift. was going to say, does yeah. he come out there? Yeah, yeah he he's out. a real good friend of ours. Yeah. So he came out he the first time with his drive, black man. ute. And he was like really stressing about like scratching it. And then it was like second or third lap out and he drove it straight into a plastic barrier. Oh. There was this like little plastic barrier and it was way off the track. And we were like, how the hell did he end up there? But he did. So I guess he wanted to get back on the dirt. But no, he, he came out and was having a red hot crack at it. So yeah, he can drive. Because yeah. eh? he'd been doing some of the stuff at Movie World. Yeah. Hadn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Because he was yeah left foot braking a lot, and I was like, oh, he's been pra- he's been doing the stuff at Movie World. Oh, it's more of a because at Movie World it's got to be like slower and more controlled. Yeah, so where, you've got to constantly. Be so on they're that on the pedals. left foot brake, yeah, sort of doing yeah. more of a burnout than drifting sort of thing. And then when you like let it go off the brake, you know what I mean? You can yeah. So right. coming out to the track, you're going a lot faster. So. Yeah. Now he did really well, and again, I think it's that motocross into it definitely yeah. helps. Yeah. Definitely helps. All right, well, good shit, mate. Thanks very much. Too easy, Cole. Appreciate it. And uh, we'll get you on here again at some point. Too easy. Perfect. Thanks for having us. No worries. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.